Sometimes you want to help out the community, but where do you start? Well, now through November 1st, Arundel Federal Savings Bank is collecting non-perishable foods to help neighbors in need enjoy a family meal. For over 20 years, people like you have helped Arundel Federal Savings Bank keep the tradition going. Collection boxes are in all Arundel Federal Savings Bank branches. Visit arundelfederal.com for addresses. And hey, thanks for helping. Member FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. Despite remarkable advances, cancer remains a leading cause of death in the U.S., claiming more than 1,600 lives per day. Tune in to The Cancer Signal, a new monthly podcast presented by Grail, where we discuss the latest innovations transforming cancer detection. We talk with experts in the cancer community about multi-cancer early detection, its science and evolution, and its potential to make a difference. The Cancer Signal episodes are available now. everybody welcome to another week and another edition of the hammerlock hangover i'm steve and i'm joined as usual by my tag team partner in podcasting and that is jeff jeffrey we've got a lot to talk about this week including um adam page is an idiot uh mjf in the greatest promo ever i use that in uh, loose quotation marks uh the tuesday night war the predictions to Halloween Havoc, an ROH TV deal, Thunder Rosa versus Tony Storm, Bray Wyatt's promo, Lashley getting his revenge, the return of Elias, Triple H gets COVID, and a bunch of other, other mm-hmm. news. But Jeff, we're going to start with the biggest news of the week, and that is Adam Page is an idiot. Okay, well... That's first of all, hi. Uh, hi. Sup. What's going on? Yeah. So, uh, have you been, wh- how have you been doing, Jeff? I've been swell. Have you been clotheslined by life? <laughs> no, I have not. I managed to avoid the clotheslines. Anything laundry related, I've, I've managed to avoid. Oh, very good. Very good. Yeah. I'm, I'm told I'm very dirty. Oh, no. Is that yeah. by loved ones or, or people you that hate you? What's the difference? <laughs> well, Jeff, let's just jump right into this conversation about Hangman Adam Page. About 24 hours ago, um, what's the right terminology I'm looking for, Jeff? Uh, Hangman got his clock cleaned by one John Moxley. It was a rudimentary clothesline. At least at first we suspected, but my man decided to um, shoot for the moon in overselling it, did a 360 flip and didn't brace himself and flopped his head sideways onto the mat, thus knocking him the fuck out. Um, Jeff, you wrote this on Twitter, and I know this is a sensitive subject because a lot of people are like in their feelings about, oh, you shouldn't really be, you know, it's an accident. Accidents happen in wrestling. But, Jeff, this happens a lot in AEW. There's a lot of fucking accidents. When is enough going to be fucking enough? When is this fucking company going to wake the fuck up and take shit seriously? 
Well, it won't because it, it doesn't take advice. And when you have a roster that has 70 people that are on, on your shows and another 100 that, that aren't getting used, you have the luxury of bodies. Um, and, yeah, I don't Dead I don't bodies. know. But, oh, sorry. Uh, you know, this was this this whole dynamite, by the way, for me, it felt discombobulated. I ended up doing the skirmish last night on the PWC. Usually it's Chris and Jimmy. Every now and then mm-hmm. I'm on as a third or whatever, a backup every, you know, so often. But I don't usually do the skirmish. I actually prefer to listen to them doing the skirmish than, than mm-hmm. me being part of it. Um, and so I was sort of in the moment and, you know, Jimmy was sure that it was a work, that, you know, that that, that it was fake. This is the way to protect Paige. And, you know, and they already had the scene with MJF queued up. It was a little bit too convenient. Maybe they didn't time it exactly right. Uh, But it was clearly a work. I'm like, I don't know. It doesn't doesn't feel like one. It doesn't look like one. Uh, You know, the tweets I'm seeing. He's like, well, of course you're going to get people like Mick Foley fooled. I'm like, one guy is a former referee, and he's praising the referee for his quick action. I don't know. I'm seeing, I'm seeing like tweets like if somebody's neck is broken and shit. I mean, John Silver's, you know, tweeting a picture of like Hangman's my best friend. Eve Luno's uh, tweeting, uh, Hangman Page is the best wrestler in the world. They're picturing, you know, that I'm seeing on Facebook like. Uh, you know, Mercedes Vernado, you know, uh, Justine Tone, which is, you know, Sasha Banks uh, and Maxwell Jacob Freeman all saying, you know, thoughts and prayers with Hangman Page. So, you know, I was thinking it was very serious. And I'm not saying a concussion isn't serious. We just don't know if it's a serious concussion or not. We I don't re- recall Hangman having a history of concussions, but uh, how would we know? But, you know, it sort of went from. You know, this this sounds like it's career or life threatening to its concussion, which sucks. Um, but it was sort of dramatic. And by the time you realized it was real and then realized it was a concussion, it was like it was almost like like people were reacting to it, what they saw rather than what the actual injury was. But that wasn't your question was this happens way too much in AW. And, and you're right. It's not. I mean, I don't remember that many people getting knocked out. But we've seen people that had to be knocked out. The, the, the camera didn't cover them anymore. I mean, just four weeks ago, Darby Allen cracked his head open, and we never saw him again in, in the match against House of Black, which uh, apparently they've been there, you know, on hiatus. Um, uh-huh. I mean, you know, Matt Hardy more than once, you know. and Matt Hardy, right. That's a um, good one. Yeah. And, I mean, Adam Cole in a pay-per-view. Didn't, didn't I got, was about to say him. You know, yeah, go ahead. And he hasn't wrestled since. Um, Jeff, you can't, and, and, and let's not think about the – don't forget about the biggest name of all. And Punk. and I know that this doesn't go well, – what's that? Punk. Punk. Oh, there's, there's Punk, right? But the biggest name of all that doesn't get mentioned, and I'm sure there's some sort of – Major concussions, multiple concussions, is none other than Jeff Brian. Tony Khan himself. Tony, Tony Khan. Khan. Tony Khan is obviously very concussed every week. He looks like he's uh, got a couple of uh, loose, uh, what is it, uh, uh, shaken eggs uh, cracked open. I, I think there are other things that can can mirror the same kind of symptoms of having a damaged brain. <laughs> Right. So let's break this down. So Moxley and Hangman get into uh, I hate calling him Hangman because I, f- I feel like that's just a an old trope. Like, you know, name me the most recent cowboy that did a hanging. 
there's there's none, right? It's been a long but time. The most recent hangings are for uh, you know. Yeah, but lynchings are sort of looked down upon these days. Right, but he's still a hangman, right? So whatever. No. So cowboy, cowboy hangman, cowboy Adam Page here. I mean, you know, when um, kids play the game hang, hangman, now it's a hate crime. So <laughs> <laughs> it depends it's an on act what of violence. Depends on if you start with the N word or not, as 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 huh. the uh, your guess. Um, Nugget. <laughs> Jeff. This match started out hot, right? Obviously, Adam Page starts the match with Moxley for the AW World Trash title. Mm-hmm. And and uh, Hangman can't wait for Moxley to come to the ring. He has to go get uh, Moxley. Mm-hmm. And when Moxley later, oh, not Moxley, when Adam Page does this um, moonsault off some sort of a, like an entranceway, yeah, like off the top, like, uh, you know, one of those large entry ramps into the arena, right. like sort of from right. the overhang above it. I mean, that was a totally unnecessary move, and I guess it looked okay, but they repeated it four times, and you just see how unimpactful it is. And basically, you know, Moxley catches him to break <laughs> his fall. I mean, right. I mean, these are acrobatics. These are these are not offensive moves. And that's one of the things that bothers me. Like a lot of times, like people are like that great reversal. I'm like, who 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 was on defense? Who was on offense? I can't tell who's supposed to be hurt because the moves are so synchronized and everyone looks like they hit it at the same time. I, 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 like the Canadian destroyer to me is the b- biggest example of half the time. I'm not sure who's supposed to be hurt in that. Right. And I bring that moonsault up first because. It was the first sign to me that Adam Page is trying to do too much. Mm-hmm. He's trying to do too much, make it seem like it's a bigger match than it is. And, and you know, you guys could just go to fisticuffs. Like, Steve Austin never, and not, not that I'm comparing Steve Austin to, to Adam Page or even Steve Austin to Moxley, despite him trying his best to, to beat Steve Austin light on AEW. Um, Steve Austin never had to do a moonsault. Steve Austin never had to do any of this sh- nonsense. Randy Savage never jumped on it. Ricky Steamboat never did. Rick Flair <laughs> didn't do it. I mean, the, you know, if this is Darby Allen, you're like, okay, he sort of has to kind of do it because he's 147 pounds. He's got to do shit like that. That's his entire act, Daredevil. But Hangman Page, he's a cowboy. He's a, he's a barroom fighter. He should be fighting like JBL or, or like right. those two guys on NXT. I keep calling them Brooks and Dunn. It's Briggs and Jensen. <laughs> but he should be fighting like Farouk. That, I mean, he, he shouldn't be doing any, you know, any any of the fancy schmancy stuff, but I guess that's some of the advice he doesn't take. But this, the, the, the move itself was just a, a, a strong clothesline, like a, you know, a, vari- a variation of the clothesline for hell or well, but they're saying Hangman Page's buckshot Larry without the buckshot. And yeah, he sold it like, you know, he was supposed to go head over heels. And I guess he just either overextended or underextended. Didn't barely got his arm up, but it, he, like he wasn't braced. It was just rubber. Yes. And, he, and he broke the fall with his forehead. No, he broke. Yeah, he broke the fall with his head, the side of his head, like his temple smashes into the mat. I hate to be so graphic, but that's if you watch it back. Right. And there's a bunch of you know, IWC nerds that uh, ran it back like it was the Zapruder film. Um, they, you can see that like Adam that Page. Was Jimmy. That was Jimmy last night. He kept running it back because he was trying to convince me it was a work. I'm like, he's like, you see his arm. I'm like, I see him breaking the fall with his face. And he's like, back into the left, back into mm-hmm. the back left. Back into the left, right. So 
It's got a pointer. Page. Right. He's got, this, he's got this protractor and compasses and, and a laser, he's extending a laser lines. Pointer. That's right. There's Adam a whole chalkboard there with with pins and, <laughs> and yarn and, and ribbons. <laughs> ribbons tied tied up. Notice how Excalibur was not in the area, and Tony Schiavone is off kilter here. That's right. And is is he smoking like very very uh, uh, just not incessantly just. Are you talking about Jimmy or Tony? Because because, because, because Jimmy's always smoking something. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, yeah. It's it's an unfortunate accident, but it's something that could have been avoided, right? Like, I want to say, like, if we look at recent accidents, the biggest one probably happening to Big E. Like, could that have been avoided? Sure, if it was just not done so jerkily, right? Mm-hmm. Um. Could and Biggie says that he took it wrong, and I, I believe him. I mean, Adam Page took this one wrong, but you know, I, listen, I don't know if this was. I'm not smart enough in wrestling. I'm not a trained wrestler. I, I'm not a referee. I don't pretend. You know, I don't train wrestlers, so you know, I, I don't know who to attribute fault to. But AW's safety record is atrocious. I mean, there's probably 25 to 30 percent of their roster that's inactive that you don't notice because there's always 60 percent of their roster that's inactive. But half of those 60 percent are injured. I mean, there's, there's people, Chris Statlander, Layla Hirsch, Mercedes Martinez, just to name a few, are all women who are injured that we never see. But you never ask about them or hear about them because who knows? Ruby Soho just had she's had like a bunch of surgeries to correct her nose. She, she couldn't even breathe. Right. Right. That was another accident that happened recently. Right. Mm-hmm. Jeff, like, when are they going to take accountability for all these incidents that keep occurring to the talent? Like, and or or which wrestler has got to step up and go, this is not on me. This is on the unsafe working conditions of this company. It's it's weird when you say unsafe working conditions of the company, because it's the conditions are fine. It, the ring works. The ropes are tight. The the, the no, ring it doesn't. Didn't, didn't what's his face get hooked by the fucking ring uh, a year ago? One of the uh, true, fucking yes, FTR. But, but that might have been anyway. It's it's the indie wrestling culture that that because they're they're not characters because they can't do edgy angles anymore the only way they can distinguish themselves is by doing these spectacular moves and the little guys do the spectacular moves and they get pushed so then the bigger guys feel like they need to do the spectacular moves and it's it's equally dangerous for all of them but you know when you know but people because they don't have any confidence in their character and what they're supposed to do, that they think they they can only get over and get the holy shits by doing the crazy ass moves. And sometimes they work and sometimes they don't work out. But this move wasn't that. I mean, this was closer to the Ridge Holland Big E kind of thing. This was a routine move, uh, you know, where he just, you know, he oversold yeah, he it, right? It, like he, Jeff, he took it wrong. He took it wrong. He took it absolutely wrong. And so, like. I, I just have I have to take exception with a lot of the the wrestling personalities that are so over in the IWC. I hear them and I'm not going to shout them out by name because you know who they are. <clears throat> but all of them make no excuse. All of them. I sorry. All of them make excuses for AEW. All of them make excuses for. For Adam Page, Adam Page in an interview said 
I don't listen to these guys. When they give me advice, I'm not listening. His own words. Mm -hmm. CM Punk called him out Mm -hmm. saying this guy's an idiot. And here he is showing just that. He's proving CM Punk right, proving himself right. Why is it so taboo, Jeff? Again, we're 24 hours away from the incident occurring. And he's fine. He's tweeting. Thanks for for looking out. I'm just, you know, got got knocked out. Don't worry about it, guys. I'll be back soon. Why is it so taboo to have somebody step up and be accountable for this and it be Adam Page? Why is it so hard for people to admit that he fucked up? This was unsafe. He doesn't know what he's doing. Maybe he should take some training. Well, it sounds like you're that hero that's stepping up and, and saying that. I mean, that's, that's the thing about training is like it'd be one thing if it's a newer wrestler. But this, Paige has been in this business probably 12 to 15 years. He's been he was TV trained. He was on Ring of Honor for five or six years. He worked in Japan. He did TV work there. So this isn't about him getting more training. And, and even if he did, he. It probably it's probably too late to train out whatever habits. I mean, he doesn't have a history of, of injuring others or himself, at least that I'm aware of. It, it's sort of karmic in a way because he's the one that doesn't take advice. And he sort of doubled down on it. And, you know, a couple of weeks ago, you know, Moxley sort of called him out on it uh, in the ring, you know, and said, yeah. you know, kids need to shut up. Kids talk to, you know, effing much. Um, and he was you know, he he wasn't talking about Paige at the time, but he in the promo, but in real life, he was talking about Paige. Um, oh, so, I like that. I like that, Jeff. You think that Moxley was giving him a receipt? No, I don't. I don't think that Moxley was giving him a receipt. I don't, I don't even think he put extra leather some, in it. Let's start some shit. Let's just stir it up. No. Um, but... This is going to come up badly, but, you know, Paige is, aside from Colt Cabana and that history and Tony Khan being the aide to put them all together, Paige is sort of the one that started all this shit, started the, you know, the Gen Z, Gen Yers versus the, you know, uh, you know millennials are old now. Millennials are middle age. Millennials are 40. Uh, you know, the, the millennial uh, Gen Xers, you know, he, he, he sort of he sort of was the poster boy. The, you know, they were rallying behind him to protect Colt Cabana. I mean, it was sort of, you know, the, the new school versus the old school. So it's a little karmic that, that he got this, though. I, I, I'm not sure it was, this was the way. I mean, I know that sounds a little bit mean, and I'm actually, you know, I like Hangman Page. I just don't think he's the guy. I think he's like a mid-card guy. Uh, he's got all the talent in the world, but, you know, what he's got between his years, it, it, you know, doesn't match with it. Um, so when you say you don't think he's you don't think he's the guy, by the guy you mean bright. I don't I don't think he's that bright. I don't think he has the self-confidence. I think he's very confused as to who he is and what he wants to be. He doesn't know how to portray himself. I think he's more comfortable with the dark order than he is with the elite. I don't think that's fake. I think that he prefers to be sort of a, a valued player in the background. I think he'd rather be a special team standout than the quarterback. I, I don't think that he's I don't think mm-hmm. he's 
the guy, he's the franchise that they want him to be, and that his talent and his look says that he should be able to be. Um, you know, he's he's in good shape, but he hasn't really done anything to transform his body. His body's basically looked the same as long as I can remember him. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he, you know, and and that's aesthetics and whatever, but it is, it is show business. Anyway, listen, I wish I wish him well. It, it, it sort of sucks. Um, someone shouldn't get knocked out cold during the, the uh, world title main event on your primetime flagship show. But to say that this is unusual on AEW television, AEW events is disingenuous. I mean, there are people that watch just to watch for the car crashes. I mean, you know, people used to watch NASCAR just for the car crashes. I'm sure they still do. There used to be something called Demolition Derby. It probably exists in some places. People just, I mean, you watch to see cars get it on fire and then, you know, the crew chief get them out. Yeah, sure, you don't want anyone to really get injured, but but you want to see the carnage. It's like going to a movie and AEW supplies but, us with a lot of accidents. I, I think that's what it is, Jeff. I think... Being a being a fan of '90s wrestling and being a teenager when ECW hit its pinnacle, I went to those shows, and ECW was just as hard hitting and just as bunch of stunt show wrestling spot fests. Then you know. I guess they probably created the, the type, that type of wrestling, right? To an you know that, yeah. and so well, I'm uh, Onita sh- did. You know, then ECW basically took the what was it was FMA or FMJ in Japan. So I'm sure there's a lot of um, there's a lot of wrestlers that worked in ECW, and even wrestlers of that time that were concussed. And we never heard boo about it. Mm-hmm. You know, even like um, Bully Ray now will tell stories about wrestling concussed. Um, and it was just kind of like par for the course where they just had to kind of get through the match. And he had to, you know, he talks about, I think, in one of the um, tables, ladders and chairs matches with him, Edge and Christian um, and the Hardys, where I think he had ended up having to tell edge or Christian, like, Hey, I'm, I'm no good. I'm done. And so it's happened in things in matches prior. I'm sure it's happened throughout the history of wrestling. Again, it is a con, it is a very high contact, um, and, and dangerous sport despite it being scripted. But I don't, I think that the, the frequency is what bothers me about AEW and, I think what exacerbates, what compounds my problem with AEW, obviously not because, you know, I already don't like AEW, but this is the reason, right? Is like, I used to watch the same car crash wrestling, but I was never witness to the reality of those injuries. I always saw Oz for what it was. I never saw behind the curtain of Oz. And I bought into all of that. And to witness it firsthand, to see it happen, I think it hit different. I saw Austin take a stinger from Owen Hart live, and I was, oh, my God. But never did I think WWE is an unsafe place to work. But because of what's happened in the past, history of AEW, I can't help but say, look, 
Tony Khan is at fault. This company is at fault. Look, what is it going to take? Is it going to take? And it almost fucking happened last night because everybody was uh, prayers up for, for hangman. Prayers up for hangman. Everybody thought he was f- fucking knocked out and possibly paralyzed. What is it going to take for this fucking company to wake the fuck up and start doing shit the right way? Instead of spot fests and anarchy and what is it going to take? We already had Ruby Breaker nose. Cole's almost Cole might not come back. We're, we're reading Cole might be out because of the, all these concussions. Brian's always one concussion away. So what do we what do we do? And, and Brian's another one. We're going to get into him later, but I don't I don't know what to do because the problem with is with the the genre doesn't learn from us its mistakes and partly it can't because it's shrinking. The, the the amount of people watching it gets smaller and smaller. And the only way to hold on to the people that you have it, well, there's a couple ways. One, they can they can go back to being edgier. Wrestling used to be on the front edge of, of entertainment. Now it's, you know, everyone's so PC and afraid of things being toxic and you can't have any stereotypes and things like that. Meanwhile, you you know, you, you can do it on TV. I mean, you know, when the wire's on, you know, you, you have you have the white dock workers who corrupt you in the city. You have the black guys who are slinging the, the drugs and, and then you got the Irish corrupt cops and all this other thing. And you can you can do that on the wire. You can you can have sex offenders or whatever an SVU. You can have all you go. Dexter can be, you know, the most popular show that they have to bring it back. But in wrestling, everything has to be PG. So what's left? If you can't go with wild characters and you can't do, say, the big boss man getting crucified anymore or Stephanie being kidnapped anymore, you know, things like that, that you can't you can't do that anymore. on Wrestling because wrestling has to be tamer for whatever reason or reasons. Um then you have to do stunts. You've got to do something to get people watching you because otherwise it's just fake fighting and you can see real fighting, real fighting's on every single week too. Um, so it's, it, it, you know, it's almost like this, this self-defeating cycle, but in, instead of being a circle, like it's, it's a circle that's ever getting smaller. And so it sort of gets desperate. And so you get Darby Allen, you get Jeff Hardy, who, you know, if he ever gets released, you know, is, is going to want to, Try and do crazy shit again. You you have Sammy Guevara doing crazy stuff and the Dante Martins and whatever and, and moves like the moves like that. And then you have people saying, "Well, WWE is a safe style and it's boring." But you know, even it's not immune. I mean, people get injured in WWE all the time as well. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, not usually young guys like this. I mean, Randy Orton's back hurts. Drew McIntyre's back hurts. But Randy Orton is. 40-something years old and has been doing this basically injury-free. You know, he's had some surgeries and whatever, but, you know, he's had a long storied career. So if his back is hurting him now, he's entitled to have it, it, it you know, rested. It, it's different. It's not the kind, it's not, you're not seeing them happen before your eyes usually. I mean, with Big E, we did, and you remember it because that's unusual, but it's not like, it's like the sport can't grow up even though we've seen Benoit. We've we've seen uh, Eddie Guerrero. We we've seen Brian Pillman Jr. I mean, you know, we we you know, Kurt uh, Angle went through hell and came back. Jeff Hardy's still struggling and stuff, and still you know, but instead of drugs and things like this to, to to keep people going, well, I don't know that they're not using drugs, but I assume I I hear that people are a lot cleaner now, and they they just do play video games and shit like that. But 
in exchange, they do crazy shit. They, they do crazy acrobatics. I mean, and, you know, and, and that's the indie culture. I mean, I remember probably five or six years ago, some kid, I think his name was PJ Hawk. And, you know, he's, he wrestles every now and then NWA and every now and then he'll be on a minor, you know, YouTube show or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think he wrestles with that. But he jumped like from the third story of a mall down into a ring, like, you know, 30 yeah. feet down. And that was an internet sensation. This is what these folks feel like they have to do to get themselves over. Or they have to do something absurd, like the pizza guy or Orange Cassidy, who's made a career out of being absurd. Uh, but at least Orange Cassidy is a character. I mean, I you know, I, I mostly don't like him because he's skinny. If, 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 if it was a guy that was 225 that was with that act, I'd probably be all about it. So if, if Otis had the, the Orange Cassidy gimmick, you'd be all for it? I would love it. I mean, first of all, because he could also add in that he's always eating like a giant ham hock or a turkey leg or, you know, he's, he's, he's eating ribs and doesn't want to be bothered, you know, stuff like that. I mean, yeah, I, I'd, I'd be all about it. But he's big enough to clobber you. I guess that's the, the trouble that I have understanding and wrapping my head around this is that that culture of like, this is the work rate. This is current 2022 work rate is this style of 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 just just off the walls, pedal to the metal, hardcore bullshit like Jeff. OK, you, you know what? You brought up some really good examples. Pizza man. This is all. In an, in, in, in an attempt to get over Pizza Man does has a crazy gimmick uh, this guy's jumping off of the top story of the mall but let's and, and this is a perfect transition into the next segment that I want to talk about is MJF MJF n- never had to do any of that shit yep. he wrestles pretty clean doesn't jump off of fucking craziness doesn't you know get put through scaffolds, doesn't have, you know, uh, crazy thumbtack matches. The guy works a solid in-ring style and he gets over on that style and his character and his promos. Yeah. He's he's an old school wrestler and unfortunately for him, he'll tell you he's five foot nothing. If he was four inches taller... He, he would have been in WWE years ago. Um, you know, probably NXT first, but yeah, he, he works in old school style. He's got an old school personality. I mean, he's sort of a combination of, you know, Heenan and Piper, but but he's he's not the butt of the joke, like, or not usually. He's So he's closer to Piper in that regard than yeah. Heenan. But yeah, he's, he's, he's an old school heel. Um, though he's starting, to, he's starting to rerun some of his material, but that's a different story. I guess what I'm trying to get at with using him as this this um, I guess the the shining light is okay in all of AEW, all the guys combined. Who is the most over guy in AEW right now? Is it the guy doing flips? Is it the guy busting himself open every week? Is it is it is it that guy, or is it a guy like MJF? They got himself over on legitimate work rate, his promos and his gimmick. It's it's MJF. And, you know, whether I like it or not, probably after that, it, you know, probably is. The problem is probably is someone like an Orange Cassidy. But I was going to go with, you know, I think Brian Moxley, Jericho, they all sort of occupy this this the same 
territory um, that they could be guy, you know, close to the guy. I mean, Samoa Joe seems to be the most over guy, but he doesn't wrestle very often. So I'm not sure if he if he wrestled more, if he would still be as over because he's a little injury prone as well. Um, but people love Joe. Um Darby was up there. Now he's probably a bad example because he doesn't fit into you know, you know the narrative we're trying to draw as to how to how to be. I I, I give him a little bit of pass because he has no other choice. But I don't think he's long for this career just because because of that. But some people choose that. Um, but they have him in mid card, low card shit now with Jay Lethal. I mean. Sting hasn't even been around for a while, um, which is not necessarily a bad thing. But, you know, what happens after? I don't get why Jay Lethal has a, is getting a rematch anyway. And what happens when he beats Jay Lethal? Does he have to wrestle Satnam Singh? I mean, that would be an extraordinary spectacle if 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 he was at least Big Show quality. But he's but he's not. I mean, they have him. They have. They barely put him in the ring. So you can't get there. You you can't put your young star in with this giant guy who's can probably only you know possibly hurt you. So I I don't. They've got a, like they've got a whole roster of people that they could have Darby in an unimportant feud with. They also have people that they could put Darby in an important feud with. I mean, yeah, I can't remember last time I saw Starks and Hobbs wrestle or Miro wrestle. Oh, yeah. No, Mira's on the side of a milk can, a milk carton. Um, Before we leave MJF, I I saw a lot of people talking about his promo and (laughs) his promo with William Regal. And I want to I want to collect your thoughts on this because I I saw people like Denise Salcedo from Fightful uh, and others uh, throw the phrase the greatest promo ever. And I feel like this is, again, another thing that AEW fans like to throw around. This was the greatest promo. Again, a couple weeks back, I feel like Hangman had the greatest promo ever. Oh, no. It was last week, Jeff. I'm a man. Remember? I'm a man. Mm -hmm. Greatest promo ever. Right. Before then, it was, you know, some other promo. Kenny Omega coming back. Before that, it was another thing. Everything's yeah, got to be Moxley rallying the troops p- promo. But right. I mean, WWE people did. I mean, people were talking about Bray's promo, how great it was. I mean, great promos used to be the norm, not not the exception. I thought MJF's promo was good. I did not think it was an all-time great promo. And I also find his character right now to be confusing because he's acting like he's conflicted about being a face. So either they actually need to turn him face, which I think is a mistake because he's a natural heel, or it's going to be the punk story revisited where he, you know, did the, you were my hero. I was a 13 year old boy and they called me Jew boy in the locker room. And and then he kicks him in the balls and, you know, after the hug and and bleeds him up on his white pants. Uh, You know, this could be another thing where he he does that. And and he, you know, does he, he wasn't the devil in the ring with, with Regal because he's going to be the devil in the ring with Moxley. And then actually Regal may leave Moxley for MJF because Regal, you know, can leave mm. one group of people who can speak for another, and but which which is fine and cool, and everyone would be like epic. But it's the same story they just tried to tell six weeks ago or or six months ago, whenever it was. Um, and right. I don't, everything in wrestling is rerun, but everything in wrestling shouldn't be rerun so quickly. 
Agreed. 1000%. And I, and I, I hate to poke holes in this. Obviously MJF is a really good promo. I'm not saying anything. Before you go on, because I, I actually thought that Regal had the better end of this promo. I think he did. I think it was a good exchange, but what's, I, I, I hate to poke holes because now everybody's going to be like, oh, Steve's just being a dick, which maybe I am. But, Jeff, what's the point of a promo? To, to promote what? Montgomery County, Maryland is where businesses go to be next. Home to a highly skilled, diverse workforce, a thriving business community, competitive incentives, and more. MoCo will help transform your business. Visit bnext.thinkmoco.com to see how we can help you be next. The Baltimore Symphony Orchestra presents Get Out in Concert. When Chris, a young black man, joins his girlfriend on a trip to her white parents' estate, a seemingly normal weekend getaway develops into a series of events he could have never imagined. Join the BSO as they perform the music from the award-winning thriller. While the movie plays on the big screen, immerse yourself in Jordan Peele's sinister and thought-provoking film on October 29th and 30th at the Joseph Meyerhoff Symphony Hall. Get your tickets today at bsomusic.org. Hmm, a future match? That's right. A story? So, advance a storyline? Thank advance a storyline or promote a future match. Mm-hmm. After everybody saying this MJF promo where he takes Regal to task that, oh, I sent my tapes to you, William Regal, and I, you, because you told me to send me the tapes. Okay, all of that is great. All of this is fucking gravy. Montgomery County, Maryland is where businesses go to be next. Home to a highly skilled, diverse workforce, a thriving business community, competitive incentives, and more. MoCo will help transform your business. Visit bnext.thinkmoco.com to see how we can help you be next. The Baltimore Symphony Orchestra presents Get Out in Concert. When Chris, a young black man, joins his girlfriend on a trip to her white parents' estate, a seemingly normal weekend getaway develops into a series of events he could have never imagined. Join the BSO as they perform the music from the award-winning thriller. While the movie plays on the big screen, immerse yourself in Jordan Peele's sinister and thought-provoking film on October 29th and 30th at the Joseph Meyerhoff Symphony Hall. Get your tickets today at bsomusic.org. If you're fucking ending this with a match against William Regal, which he's not. And so what is it all for? Now, you just laid it out for me that I uh, in, in a way that I didn't think uh, of, which is the turn by William Regal. This planting seeds, this deceit for only William Regal to be like, you know what, kid? I did believe in you, and that's why I'm turning on these. And it's not just only William Regal. Did you you hear the schism between Wheeler Yuta and Brian later, how Wheeler and Claudio could see Daniel Garcia was a snake all along, even though they never said it once before, they never intimated it, they never heard another, never said it in a promo, never made facial uh, expressions that would lead you to that to believe but you know the bcc thing i don't mind them breaking up and you know it, it's just of all the people who don't need a mouthpiece it's it, it's got to be mjf but right it was but it wasn't brian or, or moxley either so um right but and, and, go my, on. and the other the other problem that i have with the promo right is 
The Baltimore Symphony Orchestra presents Get Out in Concert. When Chris, a young black man, joins his girlfriend on a trip to her white parents' estate, a seemingly normal weekend getaway develops into a series of events he could have never imagined. Join the BSO as they perform the music from the award-winning thriller. While the movie plays on the big screen, immerse yourself in Jordan Peele's sinister and thought-provoking film on October 29th and 30th at the Joseph Meyerhoff Symphony Hall. Get your tickets today at bsomusic.org. Pussifer Live. The Existential Reckoning Tour. Friday, November 4th, Warner Theater. Special guest, Nightclub. On sale now at LiveNation.com. New album, Existential Reckoning, out now. Let the probing continue. It wasn't as much this promo with Regal as much as it was him coming out to 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 finish Dynamite. And him getting in Moxley's face. I'm going to earn this. I'm going to cash in, but I'm not going to cash in in surprise. I'm telling you what I'm cashing in, and I'm cashing in at full gear. Right. It was like the Braun Strowman thing. I don't need to surprise you. I'm going to win it fair and square. Right. And so, again... Okay, level of which, 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 by the way, they're pretty much doing the same shit with Jericho, who's supposed to be the ring of Jericho, and then he's tearing down Honor. Meanwhile, he wrestled a match completely with Honor, won it without cheating, uh, and acted with Honor a- afterwards, which makes no sense to his character. His whole shtick is, I'm destroying Ring of Honor from the inside. I'm, I'm going to show you that, that it's the dishonorable guy that wins, and then he does it with Honor. Uh, it's like, so he's... You know, begrudgingly doing it with honor. MJF is doing the same story just from the reverse angle. Uh, you, you know, or for the the young guy doesn't want it. He's begrudgingly doing it with honor, which was what Daniel Garcia's story was before, but then he turned back to the dark side. I mean, it's it's all sort of the same thing. It's like I I, I wanna show the I wanna show the world I can do it the right way. I wanna show the world and if you want to simplify it, and, and Jimmy actually is the one who pointed this out, is that Basically, all of the stories boil down to I'm a real man, Jungle Boy, I'm a real man, Adam Page, I'm a real man, MJF, I can do it on my own, I don't need any tricks, I don't need the firm, I don't need the diamond ring, I'm a man, Wheel of Yuta, I'm a man, Daniel Garcia, I'm a man, and you know what, as a man, I made my decision, I'm I'm going to be a sports entertainer, Jericho, I can do whatever I want, because I'm a man, I mean, Tony Khan and his dad. I'm a man, dad. I'm a man. Right. And his dad laughing. That's nice, son. <laughs> Messing up his hair. <laughs> that's, that's right. I'm a man, that, that, damn it. That's nice, son. I'm going to go talk to your manly sister. I'm going to go talk to Mega. Um, yeah. Um, my, my problem with the MJF thing in Moxley's face was he's like, I'm going to earn it. But Jeff, what is it? The foundation of fucking getting the chip. Did he earn the chip? This is what I brought to you a couple weeks ago. If if he's all about, I hate WWE. Again, when, when he was fighting with Punk, I hate you guys. You're taking my spot. Tony Khan is paying you guys, and he's not paying me shit, and I'm the fucking number one guy around here. What does he do in turn? Pay a couple WWE guys to steal the chip. So did he earn the chip? No. And now... Not a couple weeks later, he's going to now claim, I'm going to earn it the hard way. Bullshit. 
I mean, he probably was already close to the number one contender anyway. Not that that matters anymore in AEW. The rankings have been completely thrown out the, out the window. If, That's you know, right. You have all these people just demanding matches and getting them. No better than WWE doing, uh, which is a criticism I have for what's going on with Triple H right now because he's, he's, he doesn't book much different than Tony Khan. Um, but uh, the whole point of getting that chip, however you got it, was that it's completely fair and legal and, in fact, honorable to use it any way possible. It it legalizes you taking advantage of, of being the ultimate opportunist. And someone like MJF giving that up voluntarily is a face move. And Lord Stephen Regal or Lord William Regal using the psychology to trick MJF or to convince MJF means that Regal's in MJF's head, not the other way around. MJF's the one that's supposed to play the mind games. He's the one who's supposed to make you, you know, wonder what's going on. So in the end, he probably still will, unless they're going to make him go face, which I think is a huge mistake because MJF is a face can't be as interesting. He's already sort of running thin on material. I mean, the one thing really you said correctly is, you know, uh, I'm a charisma vacuum. Uh, the crowd is ugly. I'm good looking. Local sports team sucks. Let's get on with it. I mean, and 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 he's right. That, that is sort of the <laughs> MJ became the MJF stick, especially when they were toning it down now. But I noticed that they didn't tone things down last night. The, the curses were not bleeped. Uh, the blood was a flowing again, you know, not, not hard way blood, which happens all the time, but, you know, Moxley blading blood. Um, so who knows? Maybe, maybe they feel a little froggy. Maybe they had a meeting with Discovery and they're feeling more comfortable. Maybe Tony got that uh, HBO Max streaming deal for Ring of Honor, which, you know, might be for $2 million a year and he'll, you know, make his money back in, you know, 40 years. Uh, <laughs> assuming he doesn't go crazy with expenses, but you know, it's better than nothing. Um, and I don't know if he's going to drop, you know, because early in the week, Tony was saying, I am pitching that ring of honor and all elite women's wrestling as separate TV products. I'm all for that. Try it. Give it. I think, I think WWE should put a, a show on Thursday nights for women's wrestling and just see how it goes. They have, they have a glut of women's wrestling, especially in the mid and low card and, and in NXT, which are, you know, t- you know, TV worthy and they're not getting enough time and there are people who love women's wrestling I would also like to see how women's wrestling actually performs as a show with a big promotion not a wow that's in syndication or stardom that that, you know people pretend to watch in Japan uh, or watch here they probably do watch it in Japan Um, I I guess let's talk about it right now Jeff because there was rumors about the the pay-per-view the sorry the premium live event schedule for WWE being released and there's uh, instead of 13 shows or 14 shows in the year is actually like nine. They actually scaled back and maybe that's a cost cutting measure. Maybe it's to, I don't know, do something else, get, have more build in between the shows. Um, But on this docket, we don't see day one. Um, we are um, missing a, a couple key—not uh, key pay-per-views. It's not the, the top four, top five are still there, but the there is one noticeable addition, and that is Evolution. Evolution is added 
in the tale uh, after SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. Evolution, if everybody remembers, it was the women's only pay-per-view. Yeah. So to your point about this women's only show, maybe that's the end goal that in nine months or actually where we're at right now, probably close to a year, maybe the WWE is looking to pitch a women's show, at least an hour one, or maybe Good. something. And, I, and I'd like to see how it does. And I would like to see it. But also if I don't want to watch women's wrestling, then the, there would be less presumably on the main shows and yeah, either way I win, but no, I, I am curious about it. And, and I think that, you know, since, these events are on Peacock. I don't. I think it's good PR for Comcast Universal to say we have an all women's premium live event. You know, wrestling. You know, come see it. It's it's historic. It, it's the second, but it's the first one on Peacock, and it's the going to be the biggest one ever. Um, so yeah, it, you're right. It is interesting. I mean, I do think it is to make the booking more orderly so they don't have to hotshot so much stuff and mm-hmm. basically keep working month to month for shows. I also think it recognizes a reality that they're not always sure when the Saudi shows are going to be and how frequently they're going to be, but they're twice a year and they sort of substitute it for events. And I think they're also giving themselves the flexibility to add at least one more show a year that we're not expecting, like a Cardiff, like something, mm. another show in the UK, or maybe something in Germany, um, or maybe even something in Japan or Mexico where they're trying to build these NXT internationals, but something where they go like to Germany the, for the first time in whatever it is, 50 years, and, you know, go into one of those soccer stadiums or football there and, you know, have. 80,000 people from around Europe coming, you know, they, they can all take the rail or whatever. Um, and, you know, I, who knows? Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if they weren't working on stuff like that, um, you know, to add shows. Because no, because Cardiff wasn't on anyone's list until, you know, it, it was announced and it took, it was probably five or six months out before everything was finalized. Um, right. And people were still talking about Wembley and then, they should go here. They should go there. Anyway, um, so I think there will end up being more than nine shows a year, uh, but they may not all need to have sort of like your traditional pay-per-view buildups. And that's why I like the gimmick shows like Survivor Series doesn't have to have a title match on it. You know, it can just be, mm-hmm. uh, you know, four or five people who don't like each other. That's why I like elimination match. You know, it can, you could, it can be for a contender spot, but there's not a, you know, a main title on the line or there can be a main title on the line and the elimination match can be for the intercontinental champion, or you can do a tag team eliminator match or whatever. I mean, you, you can fool around with these things. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think that's fine to change things up. Uh, I think hell in the cell has been put on the block because it's a stupid pay-per-view because there's only one cell match usually. And, uh, you know, so unless they're all going to be hell in the cell matches, it's definitely lost its importance, but we'll see. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I, I think that just because this is what they put out now doesn't mean that's a permanent template. I think things are very much still in a state of flux. Um, now that you bring it up, I mean, what are your thoughts on, the secondary, you know, you have your top four or top five, depending on whether you want to throw money in the bank in there as, as, um, 
you know, one of the big four, five, into the big five, I guess, being SummerSlam, WrestleMania, Survivor Series, and Royal Rumble. Um, money. Nick Khan puts it there as number five. I put it there. Um, I mean, to me, that and Royal Rumble, they, they, they serve the same functions. What about Elimination Chamber and, um, oh my gosh, I think it was Hell in the Cell. But I think really money, like there was a lot, there's been a lot of criticism about Elimination Chamber and Hell in the Cell and Money in the Bank that they should be done away with because um, they're, they're just too gimmicky. I disagree, I, but I want to hear your thoughts because you're very... Well, I disagree with Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank's one of my favorite shows. I mean, and I think that it, it, if you want to have number one contenders who didn't necessarily have to be built, you know, incredibly strong, you don't have to worry about the 50-50 booking or, or they have to win 90% of their matches for the last six months or, or whatever, but you want to push someone, it's an easy way to do it and, and it, it, it throws a wrinkle into things. Um it also allows the cash-in whenever, and I think that's a that's a fun gimmick that you can have the cash-in whenever. And now they, you know, they had Austin Theory tease it on NXT, which to me is silly, but you know, but it is. Hmm, is he going to do it? It gets people talking. You know, maybe maybe you know six percent more people tune into NXT from now on just to see if that happens, or they'll watch Halloween Havoc just to see if it happens. Maybe they do do it, and and uh, and then you know you have the the rematch with Braun Breaker on the main roster, and you know just so that you, you know more people start to see Braun Breaker and start to get excited about him. Who who knows? Um, as far as Hell in the Cell and the Elimination Chamber. I think that they should do those like every three years and they should really plan for them. Like they should have like them all be blood feuds when there's been a lot of outside interference or cheating or running away where uh, a cell match is the only way to, you know, is the best way to do it. And, you know, somehow find out what gimmick matches you can do in the cell so that it, there's a little variety in hell in the cell. Mm. But if you limit your shows to mm-hmm. six matches or five matches, you can do it. You, you you can do that with a little bit of thought. Um, elimination Chamber, I, you know, I think it's fun in concept, but if it happens too much, I think it's a little bit dull. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think like every th- three years or four years, they should bring it back. It should be in a rotation, but o- only when they have sort of, you know, either too many people at the top that you can't figure out who the number one contender is, um, or you have sort of groups that are in sort of blood feuds and Survivor Series isn't close enough. Okay, very good. Um, let's talk about this Tuesday Night War. Jeff, uh, the first night that we have AEW and NXT go head-to-head with each other because AEW could not be on TBS on Wednesday due to playoff baseball. Um, what were the ratings for NXT? NXT obviously tried to promote this very heavily on Monday Night Raw. You saw that there was going to be an addition of WWE talent. We had surprise appearances by, well, Rhea was announced. Raquel Gonzalez, pretty much all old guard NXT uh, people were were announced, except for AJ Styles and, and the club. They were there. Um, but 
We got surprise appearances by Kevin Owens, Shinsuke Nakamura, a lot of, <laughs> excuse me, a lot of main roster talent that really, you know, wasn't at the caliber of Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins, but um, main roster guys nonetheless. And they still couldn't beat AEW. They increased their average rating, but still couldn't beat. What were the final numbers, Jeff? Okay. So NXT was 676,000, which is actually up 51,000 from the week before, but didn't beat Dynamite. Um, There was the baseball playoffs. It was the opening night of the NBA. There was an NHL game on as well. Um, And of course they were up against each other. So you could look at it that, they tried to stack the card with, you know, but they only sort of half-assed tried to stack the card because, like you said, they, they, there was no Roman Reigns, there wasn't Brock, there wasn't Lashley, there were, there were you know, uh, AJ didn't even make it down there. I mean, you know, uh, you know, no Charlotte Flair, no Ronda Rousey. I mean, I wouldn't say it was their top stars, but they they added, you know, and, and some were surprises. I mean, no one knew Austin Theory was going to be there. We didn't know that it was going to be Shinsuke Nakamura. So, you know, they sort of hedged their bet. Some of it was going to be surprises for the for the crowd. I mean, and the OC just got back. It's not like everyone's so excited about the OC. Anyway, uh, I, I think they were hoping that they would beat them, you know, not not just because of the WWE stars, but also because Tuesday night is is NXT night. AEW fans might forget to watch Tuesday night. They were the, the sports, and they didn't. But they did go up. They went up a lot in the demo for those who care about that. They had a .18, which is lower than AEW, but that's a, like a one-third increase for, for NXT, which has been as been lower but it's typically closer to a 0.12 it's been it's been lower than that in the demo and it's funny that increase change i mean i don't have the quarter by quarter in front of me but the quarter by quarter there were actually some quarters where nxt's viewership was higher and the demo lead actually expanded which is sort of odd i i mean the only thing i could think is that a lot of the 50 plus wwe fans are those who also tune in and watch baseball, which is also for old fuddy-duddies. Um, but Dynamite did 752. Uh, it was title Tuesday. All the matches were title matches. Two world titles were on the line, AWN Ring of Honor. You had the Trios Championship, and you had the Interim World's Women's Champion, so I guess three women's titles. Um, so four title matches. So that it's not like they weren't trying to stack the deck also, um, in Moxley's hometown, which they sold out maybe, you know, half the building. Um, and they did 752, which is down 229,000. So, I mean, both sides can claim victory if they like. Dynamite had more viewers, did better in the demo, but it lost 230,000 viewers from the week before. NXT had fewer viewers did worse than the demo, but it actually increased its viewership from the week before and going into Halloween Havoc. So who knows if there'll be some aftermath from that, that that gives them momentum. Anyway, whatever it was, you know, I think the wrestling acquitted itself fine for the night, but, you know, it's still, it still does about the same as your average NHL game. Yeah, I was shocked to see that um, I really, really, really thought that um, 
NXT was going to beat at AW. I didn't. But it was, I was, I know, I was one of the very few that thought that, but I'm telling you, I'm still standing by it. In about six months, AEW is going to be toast. I feel like the 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 benchmark for AEW is 760, 750. You got loyal 750 that will tune in every single week. Um, and everything else above 750 is non-loyal guys, people that will tune in because there's just nothing better on, on Wednesday night. They'll disappear. They might come back. They might not come back. I don't know. But I think you're right. I think you're mostly right. I, I mean, as long as Punk and the Elite are not there, that's the case. Because there are there, there's the 100 to 150,000 people who are definitely Punk people. They tune in if Punk's there, and they tune out when he's not there. Then there's less people. There's probably, you know, 50,000 of them or so that when the Elite aren't there, they tune out. Um but we got our first clue as to where those things might be going because Ace Steel was the first casualty. Uh, he was released. We know most of the producers and, the, and, and backstage people, they, they got their jobs back. Their suspensions are lifted. But Ace Steel was released. Of course, we said he would be released. We joked about it. Obviously, <laughs> he's going to be a first one released. I'm surprised it took this long. Um, you know, I know that they keep talking about pending litigation. There is no pending litigation. Pending lit- this maybe threatened litigation. I understand that's just semantics, but you know, it does make a difference to me because pending <laughs> litigation. I mean, it would be in the public record. There'd be litigation, but it, with a so so anyway, a seal. That's the first bullet. So you know, you can see who they're who they've decided is in the wrong. But he was he was the low hanging fruit. Um, Meanwhile, in in a little side note that's somewhat related, Kenny Omega, he's, he's been all over social media lately, not for him, but people, he was in Disney World uh, and people were taking pictures with him and people can, you can decide whether he looks like a, a wrestler or, or a, you know, a dancer who's got a, you know, good body, um, you know, because he's basically the same size as, as the dads, he's just in better shapes than they are. Um, but it was his birthday and AEW did not send a, Happy birthday tweet. And they wish a happy birthday to every freaking person. And that's a little petty. Just because he's on suspension doesn't mean you don't wish him. Doesn't mean he's dead. Um, and apparently the Bucks made their way back into the entry, you know, the the opening segments, not the whatever you call the opening sequence for the introduction of the show. They're they're back in the graphics. Um so it looks like you know, they'll they'll all be back. Um, but if they're not and this this drags on. I mean, there there is a small but very loyal elite base that watches AW for the elite. Yep, you're absolutely right. And um, yeah, I do think that it was very petty of AW not to wish him a happy birthday. But um, I don't know. Maybe um, you know. Last week, one of the things we forgot to mention was during this Ariel Hawani interview, Tony Khan let it slip that CM Punk might be a VP. Um, he, he did allude to him having an office job. And I only bring that up now because 
maybe CM Punk was in charge of the Twitter? Oh, well, I mean, one thing which is a little bit petty and probably doesn't matter in reality, but I think all of them are called EVPs. Like, I think Brandon Collar, all of them are called EVPs. I mean, I think everyone got the same title and whatever their duties were or were not. The more important thing is that these are folks that are employees, so they're eligible for benefits. They probably get health insurance. They probably have 401k, stuff like that. But more to the point of this situation is that they have two separate and distinct contracts. And that's why this is is more complicated. I have been told that the talent contracts are overly simplistic. Now, we've also been told by Stephen P. New that all the contracts sort of read the same or say the same things. That doesn't mean that they're all the same length and as detailed. And Mm -hmm. I'm not sure that all AEW contracts are the same. So there may be very simple ones for, you know, say your... Uh, your your con or your Sean Spears that's sort of you know people that are sort of on the bottom of the card and there may be very much you know much more complex ones for your Jerichos and and Omegas but maybe not maybe they, they everything's the same but the employment contracts I'm sure are much more detailed and that's so you don't have you the point is is that they don't have all these morals clauses and you know can can you terminate them based on their actions backstage as talent, but you can terminate them as an officer, but they're still working as talent. And 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 how do you reconcile those two things? Because I'm sure their contracts don't reconcile those two things. So, you know, the, this is a, a larger point is, you know, the, 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 the narrative for years was WWE's a prison. Everybody did their prison breaks, their videos when they, got released or, you know, or got their contracts up and they went to AEW and they're all like, freedom, freedom. And now, you know, after that honeymoon is over, now they're like, this place sucks. We want out of here. We want to go back to WWE. Um, so, you know, it's just a different kind of prison or, or maybe the prison was never a prison to begin with. But one thing that WWE has had is had, you know, close to 30 years of being bub- publicly traded with contracts, with long contracts, with agents, with lawsuits behind them, with, with a institutional memory and institutions and rules and regulations so that when things happen, you know what's going to happen. Yeah, it may not be exactly the same for Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar as it would be for Tozawa or Drew Gulak, but more or less the same procedures are going to be followed. There's an HR department. There's You know what the suspensions are. In AW, none of that. It's all sort of willy-nilly and... You know, while no rules means no freedom, it also means anarchy. And that ends up being a bad business model, which really should be a surprise to no one, but continues to be a surprise to the younger generation because they because they only remember the dot coms that they hear about that that succeed. They don't know about the 10 dot coms that fail to everyone that succeeds. You know, they they think we work as a great idea. They don't realize we work went out of business. Um, (laughs) You know, they think all the streaming services are great. None of them make a profit and, and they're slowly being consolidated and owned by guests the TV companies. So, um, you know, anyway, the, 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 larger, the larger point is, is that AW doesn't have rules of engagement and it's making this no. drag out and, and 
more complicated than it would need to be. If this was WWE, first of all, they probably wouldn't be employees. But secondly, it'd be easy to go to HR. They, they do, they'd hire an outside law firm to do the investigation to cover the thing. They, they do the termination. And you know what? If, the other comp- if somebody sued them, they have insurance for it. And they say, fuck it, sue us. We'll see you in court. We, we win 98% of our cases uh, and the other, you know, and the ones that we don't win, we, we settle. They, maybe once every three decades, we lose a suit. And then if there's a suit that we lose, it's that we're somewhat involved with like the Randy Orton tattoo suit on WWE 2K. Yeah, we lost, but the damages were $3,375. Yeah. Hey, Jeff, I want to take you back to the ratings for one second because I did pull up the quarter hours, the quarter by quarters, because I thought oh, it was you got very that. interesting. Yeah. I did. I had to go to WrestleNomics uh, YouTube page because um, uh, my man yeah, Brandon, yeah, Brandon, Brandon is slowly to, uh, making a slow turn, heel turn on AEW. He's starting, to think- speak, he's starting to speak about them sometimes in mocking tones. I don't know about that. I, I think the jury's still out as far as I'm concerned. But what's interesting is AEW has a huge lead in from the playoff Yankees baseball, right? So like two million. They like even even the post game show, which was the direct lead in, like two million people watched that. That's more than the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> right. And so AEW starts off hot for that first quarter. They have um, a million um, one. Point oh six million, right? Let's just. How much did they lose from quarter one to quarter two? Because I have to believe that Best Friends and Orange Cassidy is a giant turnoff. Two hundred thousand. Yep. Right again, Jeff. Okay, good. So they lost almost about two. Yeah, about two fifty. They lost. So they went from one point oh six mil to eight hundred and twenty four thousand. Then segment three, they go to seven ninety seven. So now they're under eight hundred. What was segment two? Segment two. Oh, this is a very small. Um, death. Uh, last two minutes of Death Triangle. Uh, best friends and Cassidy. Um, Hikaru Shida. Okay, so beginning of the women's match. Okay, so that that's so, yes. segment two. So segment three is probably the the rest of the women's match and some promos probably. Yeah, something about backstage segments. Yeah, something of Storm, Darby Allen angle. Right. Uh, Sheeta post match. Yep. Um, so that's seven ninety seven. NXT meanwhile Wait, first so, quarter so we lost another fifth, thirty thousand or so. Correct. Okay. So, so AEW goes from one over one million. To eight twenty four to seven ninety seven, um, and they don't get that. They don't get it back until MJF shows up. So here's proof positive that he's a draw. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only is he a draw, but he steals what appears to be is he steals away some of the NXT audience because NXT opened up quarter one seven fifty two, then they gain. Up to seven seventy, um, quarter two, quarter three, they go down to seven forty four. Again, they're kind of running neck and neck here. Um, and By the then, third quarter, it's 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 no longer a blowout. It's no longer a blowout. It's it's again, if if 
MLB was on USA, I feel like NXT would have won the night. Because uh, <clears throat> besides MJF's quarter and the, the opening quarter, they're all neck and neck. Like it's, they're trading off wins. MJF's quarter, yeah. um, AEW goes back up to 827. NXT goes down from 744 to 619. So they lose about 130,000. What match and, was that? Or what were, what were those segments? Um, Wesley. Sorry, I'm, I'm trying to. It's uh, really, so there really was small. A, Carmelo Hayes. Tree, uh, Trent, Trick Williams, and, Trick Williams, and Oro Mensa. Right. <laughs> all of those guys. Right. This was all for the North American ladder match setup. This, uh, yeah. And, and most of these guys are, are not well known. Uh, and it was a match that was okay. So, but it, it was basically an AEW style match. Right. So then NXT beats AEW six. So this is quarter one of our two. So AEW beat NXT beats AEW six eighty to six forty five. And what were those segments? Um, AEW had the acclaimed. Um, Chris Jericho, Jericho and Dalton Castle by now. Chris Jericho and Dalton Castle. AEW NXT had Cameron Grimes and the OC versus the Dyad. So you're telling me that NXT with that match beat Jericho versus Dalton Castle? Yep, six eighty to six forty five. The well, the 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 demo god he lost his touch, and nobody gives a <laughs> shit about Ring of Honor. And listen, I'm a Ring of Honor guy. I like Dalton Castle, but I mean. Nobody in Ring of Honor was ever a draw. I don't know why you'd think he would be. And by the way, people are saying that this was a great match. This was a terrible match. It was so clunky. And <laughs> I mean, th they were exactly the wrong wrestlers for each other because Jericho's old and can't, you know, isn't as strong as he used to be. And Dalton Castle has a bad back and he's not as strong as he used to be. And they're, they're like the same size. So it's basically like Taz trying to suplex Taz. It's, it was like, it's like they played to their weaknesses. Yeah. Yeah. And then they from the all hour two, it's trading blows back and forth. NXT is up uh, two out of the four quarters in that last uh, hour, um, including um, the third quarter of the second hour. They get up to five ninety five to AEW's five eighty one, which and then, is part of the world <laughs> title match at five eighty one. Um, let me see here. Moxley and Page? Jade Cargill and the beginning of ha Moxley and Hangman Page. Yep. That's crazy. That the, the world title match, 581. That that's that's nuts. Especially since the the stuff on NXT at the end of the show was mostly a talking segment with uh, the, the the NXT UK guys and Braun Breaker and I mean Kevin Owens was there, but he was just talking. Right. But NXT also had an overrun. And so the last quarter of the second hour, um, AW is at 658 for the end of um, Moxley Page and this, the thing with um, MJF. Um, appears NXT had Cora Jade on versus Raquel Gonzalez. 
Roxy Perez, Kevin Owens shows up, Ilya Dragunov, and Braun Breaker. And then the overrun of NXT goes up to 703,000. Well, there was no competition, but it was still just the talking stuff. And then, they, and then they, you know, a couple of them ended up fighting each other, but still. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, interesting. It, it's just uh, amazing that the, the, the two world title matches were the worst performing parts of AW, hour number two, which, you know, I guess hour number one wasn't very impressive. Listen, I didn't like Dynamite. I thought it was pretty bad. I liked NXT. I thought it was fun, but... And, but NXT is NXT, but the show flowed well, and it's a fun little show. Um, it, it shouldn't be able to compete with AEW, but I, I really felt that all of the matches in AEW were discombobulated, and some of the stories don't make sense. And and as good as MJF's promo might be, I'm uncomfortable with what they're doing with his character. The whole thing with the firm doesn't make sense. They weren't even there. Um there's just, there's just still too much going on, and a lot of it doesn't make sense. There was, there's people getting rematches that shouldn't get rematches, um, which, by the way, WWE is doing too. I mean, Bailey somehow is getting a rematch against Bianca Belair because why? I don't know. Um, but it, I mean, I don't know. This is, you know Tuesday Night oh, War, oh, fine. Oh, but hold on, a se- hold on a second. I misread one of the quarters, Jeff. Um, it appears that NXT got um, got a, a big bump during the uh, quarter that Mandy Rose showed up. Um, they were able to tally a bazillion viewers. Yeah, well, that, that makes sense. I, I happened to see what she was wearing today. <laughs> and yeah, a, a bazillion viewers is, is the least that they could expect. Um, That's right. Yeah, that that was something. Her, her and Scarlett are gonna are, are gonna be trying uh, to top each other, and I, I, I'm here for it. Oh, I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. Uh, Jeff, let's talk about uh, NXT Halloween Havoc. Um, we have the show coming up this weekend, right? We do. Yeah, on Saturday. So let's do some predictions. It's been a while since you and I have done some predictions. Um. I think they have more matches than, than normal. I think they're I think they have six matches instead of the, their typical five. I could be wrong about that. Uh oh, I'm gonna have to write more space on my paper here. Well, I know right, one match see. is the oh, six, weapons right? weapons out, any weapons you want, Cora Jade versus Rox Roxanne Perez. Weapons out. That was almost the match I had when uh, Mandy Rose showed up on my screen last night. Mm-hmm. But you were shooting <laughs> blanks. Oh, oh. Um, actually, for you, that's a good thing. Let's start. <laughs> let's start with uh, Paula Cruz versus Grayson Waller. They're going to be in the spin the wheel, make a deal match. Um, who do you have, Cruz versus Waller? I mean, Waller, you know, did the the bleeding eyes things last time on Apollo. Apollo is the WWE star. I think, uh, and actually, I like Apollo in this, and I don't like Waller, so I'm going to go with Apollo to even even it up. Um, and because I like Apollo Cruz more, than I like Grayson Waller. I don't understand Grayson Waller or the appeal of Grayson Waller, but but I think even wrestling wise, it, it should be Apollo. All right, hold on, I got to make make sure I, I jot this down right because next week we're going to be like, who had who? Mm-hmm. You're going to be green. I'm going to be yellow. Who? 
Zoom you. So you said you said cruise. I said cruise. All right. So I'm going to label that as a green, and I'm also. You know what? I'm going to go for. Fuck it. I'm going to go Grayson Waller because he's old school. Is cruise, and we're going to put over the new guy. Okay. It's it's radio, so you need to speak up. Oh, sorry. Am I not speaking up? I don't know. <laughs> All right. Cruz versus Waller. I'm picking Waller. You're picking Cruz. Next, next match up is Julius Creed versus Damon Kemp. This is in the ambulance match. If Julius loses, Brutus Creed will have to leave NXT. Which is sort of interesting. Do you think they would send Brutus Creed up to the main roster on his own? I think not. Uh, The Creed brothers are a solid team. Yes, Julius is probably the better one, but they're still better as a team than apart. So I'm going to go with Julius Creed, and he's got to get revenge anyway against all the dastardly ways of Damon Kemp, the the evil Steveson brother. Steveson. I agree with you. I think Creed's going to win, so they're not going to split those guys up unless they're going to put them together. Mm, but maybe Julius Creed loses and and, and, and then and follows his brother out. Yeah, he says, don't worry, brother. <laughs> You're not leaving without me. I'm coming with you. Um, right. It could be. I, I don't know. Damon Kemp, does he look like a star to you? No. So I don't know why I would do that. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess having an, uh, another solid tag team would, would be helpful, but they just brought up Legato. You got hit row. I mean, I know maximum man models is, is a joke for now, but I, I don't know. Uh, you're bringing the Vikings back. I, and, and I think the creeds would benefit from another nine months, you know, down in the performance. Center. I'm going to stick with Julius Creed. Okay. Uh, and, next and, match and is- maybe even, with Roddy's help. Mm-hmm. Roddy's redemption right before he either gets released or or gets officially transitioned into a coach um, trainer role with his friend Bobby what if, Fish. Um, what if he costs Creed's the match? I mean, then it would just be the same story again. <laughs> True. All right. I'm going to pick. Uh, yeah, I'm picking Creed. Um, next match, Roxanne Perez versus Cora Jade. This is a match I'm looking forward to. This is a spin the wheel, make the deal. This is a weapons wild match. Yeah. Well, I mean, the whole thing is, does Roxy have the killer instinct? She didn't use it before. She lost the match before. Um, you know, she lost to Rhea Ripley. Uh, Cora won her match by getting disqualified by tricking Raquel or antagonizing Raquel into using the uh, practice sword on her. So I think all things point to Roxanne Perez channeling her, her killer instinct, using the weapon, not being afraid to use the weapon and abandon this former friendship and know that it's just a rival now. And the, so far I've got all faces winning, but yeah, Roxanne Perez wins. 
All right. I'm I'm saying Roxanne wins as well. So she she should win just for the position when that Rhea Ripley had her in in the pin because it looked like she was doing her from behind, and I gotta say I was a little excited. Oh yeah, your weapon w- weapon was wild. It was un it was unsheathed. <laughs> Jesus and, and out of tension. Yes, <laughs> it was ready. We were ready for battle. It's funny because uh, the next match is in a at attention match. No, I accidentally took out a Ukrainian power station. Oh no! Yeah, how are you going to put that back? I don't know because you know I'm totally for Ukraine and I feel terrible about the whole thing. Uh, next matchup is Carmelo Hayes versus Oro Mensa. I know that's one of your favorite guys. You, I think, at the beginning of the year, you were like, "That's one of my up and comers." Is Oro Mensa? Yes. Well, Oro menstrual cycles, absolutely. What a fantastic name. Um, so the, Carmelo Hayes. The, the worst thing about Renee Paquette going to AW is that she can't have oral sessions with Aura Menza. <laughs> um, or, so Carmelo Hayes versus Oro Menza versus Wesley versus Von Wagner versus Nathan Frazier. Jesus Christ. This is a lot of guys. I hate Von Wagner for whatever reason they seem to like him, but they haven't put him on the main roster despite it being rumored that he constantly would and him even being on SmackDown a couple times. Carmelo Hayes should be the one to win, but Wesley's been taking a lot of losses. So I'm going to say that Wesley wins this with the possibility of Nash Carter reemerging and, and them having a happy little celebration together. Okay. Um, Probably Carmelo Hayes, but I'm going to pick Wesley. I'm going to randomly pick somebody here. I'm just going to just drop. You know what? I'm changing it. It's Carmelo Hayes. Wesley will go into his depression, and then Nash Carter will come out, and I'll feel better about himself. (laughs) So you're picking Carmelo Hayes. Yeah. Yeah. He deserves it. He'll be a three-time champion. You know what? Fuck you. I'm picking Wesley. (laughs) I'm taking your pick. This is how I'm yeah, going to get over. taking a lot of L's, but um, I'm talking myself out of it. This is how I'm going to get over it. I'm going to just take your pick. All right. Um, a, B, C, D, E. We are at the fifth match. And that is, oh, my God, this match. I don't know how I'm going to survive this match. I'm probably going to go into cardiac arrest. Um, Mandy Rose, the NXT Women's Champion versus Alba Fire. Mandy Rose is breaking that year. They, they've had you think that Alba Fire can, can destroy anyone. Uh, whether it's Sonya Deville, whether it's Toxic Attraction, doesn't matter. Her and her baseball bat, but she, she's not dethroning Mandy Rose. Mandy Rose is getting a year. Al, Alba Fire can wait for some other schmoll. I'm, I'm going all Mandy, and, and as, you know, uh, as you notice, I'm starting to go back with the heels to sort of even out the heel face dynamic of victories. All right. I'm also going to pick Mandy Rose. I don't think she's losing this title yet. Um, And then finally for the NXT World Championship, we were talking about Braun Breaker versus Ilya Dragunov versus J.D. McDonough. I hate J.D. McDonough. Everyone hates J.D. McDonough, even his mother, according to Kevin Owens. This match is the one where Austin Theory teased a cash-in. 
I don't think the WWE is stupid enough to waste the cash in device, which is a which is sort of a, a fun little thing that you can use all the way through WrestleMania for NXT. That said, it's an easy way to get the title off of Braun Breaker and then get the title off of one of the other zeros that are there. Uh, Dragunov is a very good wrestler, but I feel the same way about him as I feel about The Baltimore Symphony Orchestra presents Get Out in Concert. When Chris, a young black man, joins his girlfriend on a trip to her white parents' estate, a seemingly normal weekend getaway develops into a series of events he could have never imagined. Join the BSO as they perform the music from the award-winning thriller while the movie plays on the big screen. Immerse yourself in Jordan Peele's sinister and thought-provoking film on October 29th and 30th at the Joseph Meyerhoff Symphony Hall. Get your tickets today at bsomusic.org. Pussifer Live. The Existential Reckoning Tour. Friday, November 4th, Warner Theater. Special guest, Nightclub. On sale now at LiveNation.com. New album, Existential Reckoning, out now. Let the probing continue. Montez Ford. They're excellent wrestlers. They're excellent in the ring. They can do almost everything, but their personalities bug me in different ways. Like, like, like Ford is always singing. He's always like, we're going to do this. And so she's like the Greek chorus while dragging off. It feels like his head's going to explode. Like he belongs in Imperium. He should be with that group. Not, not their enemy. Anyway, despite the, the, the sort of the easy way out with with Austin Theory. I think that was just a tease. I, I don't think he's doing it. Um, Brom, they're not taking that title off of Brom Breaker for one of these Jamokes. All right, so you're picking Brom Breaker. Yeah, I'm going to go with Brom Breaker. You know what? I told you, I can't stand this fucking J.D. McDonough. I really don't like the, the gimmick. I don't like the angle. I don't really see how um, he's going to win this. And um, you know what? Um, I got to tell you, Jeff, sometimes life doesn't make sense. So I'm going to pick J.D. McDonough. (laughs) I'm going to pick J.D. McDonough to win. Election Mm -hmm. season's coming up and a lot of, you know, watch Herschel Walker be a a senator when you know full well he shouldn't be. But sometimes the loser has their day. And democracy ground. And this Saturday, it's going to be J.D. McDonough. Um, I think that's it, that we covered it all. Hopefully, I win. Well, Shotzi's the host. Do you think she's going to get involved in any of the matches? Only with Quincy. What what were your thoughts on on her uh, dance party with Quincy? I hate Quincy. I I hate Quincy. (laughs) I don't like his personality. I don't like his gimmick. He's not even big enough to make. Like, if he was 6'7", maybe I could get behind (laughs) the gimmick. But he's... He's, just, he's not even tall and he's gross and his moves set stinks. His finisher stinks. Like some of his moves aren't bad, but his finisher is terrible. Obviously he kills someone if he did it, but like 
Yokozuna was far bigger than he was and did it more convincing. Rikishi did it more convincing. Like, he can't even control his finisher. He he, he stinks. His outfit's stupid. The gimmick's stupid. The Super Diva's stupid. Everyone's overcompensating. They're afraid to say this is stupid and he's not good because of what he represents. So everyone wants to pretend that they're behind that. And you can be behind that and not. Equality is being fair. He stinks. Wow. Well, someone is on the line uh, wanting to refute you mm-hmm, on this. Mm-hmm. And um, um, uh, is it Viscera from, from, the, from the Great Beyond? Jo- joining us here on Hammerlock Hangover is Quincy Elliott's uh, aunt, aunt. Nancy. Auntie. Nancy. Auntie. Auntie. Auntie Elliott is here. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. We can Hello, Chuck. Yeah, yeah. What's Can up? you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't you like my 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 nephew? Same reason you don't like him. No, I love him. He's great. Why? Whenever I make some food, he eats all of it. Well, he does do that. He's very good at eating. <laughs> Are you calling my boy fat? Extremely. He, he like, oh my god, he's and, just and very well endowed. I'm I'm a yeah in his boobs. <laughs> You, what are you trying to say? I don't appreciate I'm, the way you're talking about him, Mr. Levin. I'm How saying he you? needs to go to a tailor How to get a prom. You? you need to go to the... You want to take him to the prom? No, I don't want to take him to the prom. You mis, you misheard. Oh, I got to I gotta clean out my ears. This is... You, you misheard, Auntie Elliot. I can't, I can't stand. This is blasphemy. How oh, dare you, Mr. Uh, Lippman? How dare Auntie you? Auntie Elliot, I would love to talk more, but I, I hear people from the porch saying that your sweet tea isn't very sweet. Oh, the, how dare them? Hey, get off my porch, God damn it! Mm-hmm. Oh, she just left. Oh, this is wild. Yeah. Well, that is crazy. It always works. Auntie, Auntie Elliot... Uh, thanks for joining us on the show. Very mm-hmm. angry with you, Jeff. She was not happy with any of it. Well, you should have seen when Missy Elliott was mad at me. That was something. Oh, maybe, maybe Missy Elliott will call in in a little bit. Yeah. Mm, he's a super fly. Mm, mm, mm. Super duper fly. You remember that song? I remember the one by Curtis Mayfield. No, 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 no. Super. I, what about I Can't Stand the Rain? I can't stand the rain. That's yeah, song. I like that song. You like that song? Very good. Yeah. Jeff, let's talk about this um, Ring of Honor TV deal. Um, supposedly on Friday, um, there's going to be an announcement that Tony Khan has struck a deal with HBO Max for Ring of Honor uh, something. But you not AW Women show. Just the Ring of Honor. No, no, no. Nobody wants to see that. Um, just the Ring of Honor. What? How are you going to fill an hour worth of, of streaming programming when you only got six women on the on the roster? They have like 36 women on. You just wouldn't. No, they don't. By, by, by the way, <laughs> did you see the dark segment where everyone's saying that the Athena botched it? That's the best I've ever seen her look. She was killing that girl. That that was like that was like 1983 Road Warriors coming into it and just pounding people. That looked great. I know she was she was really beating the shit out of that jobber. What the fuck? Like she, like like she owed her money. What happened? I, whatever it was, it was perfect. Do it. Again. I mean, 
every anybody who's listened to me on any show, you've never heard me have m- anything but marginal interest in Ember Moon or Athena to the point where it got to can't stand her. She's a zero. Um, and until I saw that clip, I was sure she's there. Now, if she always came out like that, I could I could get behind that. Mm, I bet you would like that. Don't be dirty. I'm just talking about the the, oh, the, the, the Quincy Elliott. I'm just talking about the, in in the ring. Listen, I don't understand what anybody sees in Quincy Adams as a wrestler either. What? <laughs> Quincy Adams, right? He's a wrestler. No. What? We, yeah, yeah. We're talking about we're talking about Athena. Oh right! Yeah, like this. Get back to the streaming thing. The, 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 there's been rumored, and uh, I guess we're. By the way, rumors are Friday. Rumor Friday's coming. Friday, depending on when you listen to this, Friday, either Friday's coming or Friday's gone. And right. so, the rumor might be out. The rumor might be true. The rumor might be completely false. But uh, Tony Khan's got big news, and it's H. A Ring of Honor is going to HBO Max. I guess because that's where you know uh, properties go to die is HBO Max. See, see Batgirl. Um, see, see House of Dragon. That show sucks. Don't see America. House of Dragon. Do yourself a favor. Why Why don't you like it? This is bad. Is there not enough dragon for you? Is there not dra- enough dragon play? There's not enough of anything. Like like a story, good actors, people the who Khaleesi look like they, they can wield the sword. There's one good thing on that, and that's Gavin McTavish. Graham McTavish. Gavin. He's, he's, he's like the actor. He's, he was the, the saint of death and preacher. He was Outlander. He's he's this, this old Scottish actor who's probably looked like an old Scottish actor for 30 years. Gavin McTavish is his real name? Yeah. Or Graham McTavish. Like, it's awesome. Who? It's a great name. His name sounds like he should be like a villain on Dallas. Indeed, it does. Yeah, no, he's he's great, and he and he looks exactly like you would think he would. He 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 looks like an old man. Anyway, the sh- the, the show sucks. It, it, the the stories are bad. None of it makes sense. It's none of it's good. No, none of the characters are interesting. It's just it's just a botch fest. But for Ring of Honor, listen, this this is not going to get Tony back his return on investment, uh, especially since there's going to be ongoing costs in, regarding this. But I don't care. Uh, and as a Ring of Honor fan, I'm glad to see the letters back on TV. I understand it's not the same Ring of Honor, but guess what? The Ring of Honor that was in 2015 wasn't the same Ring of Honor that was in 2005, which wasn't the same Ring of Honor, which was in 2010, and certainly wasn't the same Ring of Honor that, that was in 2018 through until it shut its doors. Um, but I actually think i mean i a i think that's good and you can you know finally the briscoes can be seen again i get hbo max for free i, I have hbo so i mean it's an easy hold choice a, hold on hold on hold on hold on nobody said nothing about the briscoes they're not coming back they were signed they're signed they've been signed to an AEW contract for six months that's why you haven't seen them anywhere did you see did you see the box? Are they yes. is it are they all elite? Where's the box? They're not Show all elite. The- They're Ring of Honor. They're expressly not all elite. They're not allowed on all elite television. <laughs> I'll believe it when I see it. Okay, that's fine. But um I where was I with this? So 
Yeah, this is. I actually think this could actually improve the AW product because I think one of Tony's biggest problems is he doesn't know what toys to play with. So he only plays with his shiny toys, uh, but then he decides, oh, I want to play with that one. So these three go away and he forgets he has those three. So if you take 30 or 40 people off the, the chessboard and you put them onto the checkers board, this Ring of Honor, so you have less people to focus on AW, less people to focus on in Ring of Honor. I don't mind if there's some cross-pollination. I don't, I don't care if some stories spill over. That's fine. But it won't be this hodgepodge match here because Ring of Honor has absolutely hurt AEW, both booking-wise and audience-wise, because people don't really care about Ring of Honor and or they know that it's fake. If there's actually TV, it doesn't feel as fake, even streaming. Now, it's not going to be a big money deal. Streaming doesn't get you big money deals. Um, but this is good. This, this, this is a positive. And it's this two weeks in a row where there's been, well, one was positive news for AW. This is a rumor, but by the end of this week, if this is true, that's positive news. This is more security for the relationship between Discovery and AW, which, you know, th there was room for skepticism you know, for the entirety of it, but there was certainly room for doubt. And I think that still exists for Rampage and Battle of the Belts, uh, maybe more so Battle of the Belts. Um, but if the streaming works out, hey, maybe they'll they'll put Battle of the Belts specials on there or, or like Clash of Champions type of things on uh, HBO Max or like PLEs. Maybe they will have an all-women's show or an all-women's, you know, uh, uh We'll call them premium live events here, too. Who who knows? It, 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 you know, maybe there's more to it. But even if it's just a Ring of Honor a weekly show that's more or less all year round, it will make these pay-per-views make sense because they just announced Final Battle um, December 10th in Arlington, Texas. So, you know, they got to sell some hopefully tickets. It, hopefully it is their final battle. I hope it isn't. I, I, I like my Ring of Honor. Jeff, this is not your Ring of Honor. This is just in name only. It's it's what is it? Instead of a Republican in name only, Rhino. It this Rhino. is this is R O H I N O. Rhino. <laughs> Rhino is is what uh, this is. You were right. Jeff, all wrestling promotions change with time. Every wrestling promotion, if you look at it, if you look at AEW, not AEW, AWA in 1982 to 1987 before they finally shut their doors it was going from olympic wrestling to baron von raschke and you know uh mm -hmm. crusher mm -hmm. jerry blackwell i mean they, they, every, everything changes to to try to survive so right we'll before they shut their doors and what it eventually happened they shut their doors this is exactly what's going to happen here jeff it's a no, it doesn't depend. Watch, I'm going to break this down for you, real simple. Here's the difference between WWE signing with Peacock and there's a $5 option. For you, a guy that has Spectrum, you get Peacock for free, right? I have, I have Comcast Infinity. Yes, I have Peacock for free. There you go. So Comcast Infinity instead of Spectrum. So you're not shelling any money and me, I pay $5 a month. I'm not shelling really any money. I lose $5 quicker than, than, than what I well, pay for WWE. Also the WWE network was $10 a month. So you're actually Correct. saving $5 a month. Well, thank you. Thanks for reminding me. I'm, I feel like I should use the money I'm saving to buy more WWE stock. So it wouldn't even get you a share. Uh, eventually it would, 
I mean, listen, with it's probably thanks to this recession, it's probably one of the only shares that you can actually um, get dividends from at the moment. But I digress. Um, Ring of Honor and AEW fans have shown that they don't really put their money where their mouth is. AEW fans don't really shell out the fifty dollars for the for the pay per views. What makes you think that Ring of Honor fans, the ones that are left over, hell, I'll even ask you, if you didn't already have HBO Max, which I know you do, if you didn't have it, would you plunk down the $16, $17 a month just for ROH? No, no definitely not. <laughs> oh, well, that's exactly why this is not going to fucking win. They're not, they're not going to get any new viewers, and they're not going to certainly turn over any new subscribers to HBO Max, and that's why HBO is going to be like, get the fuck out of here. You guys suck. Well, the other thing that you're not saying, but you alluded to earlier, is that there are a lot of Ring of Honor fans who don't think this is Ring of Honor and won't watch. So I would I would make them roughly similar to the AEW fans who love the Elite and won't watch AEW because the Elite aren't on. There, there's going to be a small but not insignificant that's more significant because there's less Ring of Honor fans. I mean, even at its height, maybe it was getting 400,000 total viewers in syndication. So, yeah. Um, We'll see. I don't. I, I mean, I don't know what kind of performance oh. metrics there are to remain on HBO Max. Oh, we will see, Jeff. We will see. Okay. <laughs> Jeff, Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm. What's going on with them? I hear there's a lower, lovers quarrel. It's about me. What's going on? Yeah, that's totally about you. But the pretense is that Thunder Rosa still keeps reminding everyone that she's the the world's champion, even though she's not there. She's allegedly injured, but no information is available about her injury. I will remind the world that no one's under any obligation to tell us about their injury. This isn't a real sport. Um, that said, has she been clotheslined recently? I have no idea, but uh, there's... We're going to have to go back and check the tapes. There's been wide speculation that she's either exaggerating the injury or there is no injury. She just doesn't like the way things are going, where she's sort of getting overshadowed, blah, blah, blah. And Tony Storm, who's who's another baby, is busy every chance she gets on social media talking about how she's doing all the heavy lifting. And she sort of gets support by Britt Baker during a promo saying interim title. Well, that's another story. Uh, I mean, they're always taking little digs at her. They clearly don't like each other and which is fine and fun until we recognize that this is exactly the same shit that was going on between page and punk and all of them. And this is still, this is more, Tony not laying the pipe down and not controlling, not telling people, this is the law. This is what you do. This is what you don't do. I mean, you think they would have learned their lesson and they haven't learned their lesson. And I know he's awkward around women and he's afraid to do it, but he just gave John Moxley a five-year extension with duties. He just gave Chris Jericho a three-year Duty. extension with duties, not duty, duties. Oh. And so why can't he have those two jabronis and go... And, and say to them, this is the social media rules from now on. Stop the shit. Stop the shit out there. It's not good for business. It's not good for the locker room. You got a problem. Come talk to me. Right. I like how you said that Tony Khan was laying pipe. Uh, with who? With Thunder Rosa or Tony Storm? I mean, like laying down the law. 
Oh, not no, right. Tony Khan should be laying down the law, but he's incapable of doing that. But he's got people around him who are capable of it, I guess, theoretically, whether they have the authority to do anything, I don't know. But um, whatever you know, laying, it is. Laying pipe is a euphemism for. for I know what laying pipe is a euphemism for. It was a poor choice of words. Anyway, these. these this is just this, it's just a, it's just a rerun from just a few weeks ago and nothing good can happen from this. You're absolutely right. Unless there's more Mindy's muffins to have. No, that, and, the another, muffins. And, and another post post show scrum. I would really I would really love like a post show scrum with Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm and Tony Storm like does some Santeria on Tony Storm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that'd be great. Speaking of Santeria, Bray Wyatt is back. Bray Wyatt is uh, came out on SmackDown last Friday with um, by himself and was um, thanking everybody, pleading to the crowd. I'm a man in his I'm a man promo or I'm just a man promo. Um was telling you that the fans kept him alive. He's got a lot of demons. And then he got visited by one that spoke to him in a different type of mask, something similar to like a stone gargoyle where it was yeah, like, I, I sort of thought it was like a guy <laughs> Fox kind of thing, like a V for vendetta. Yeah. Type mask where he was all like, Hey there, little sunny boy. The demon ain't that far away. Yeah, it was hard to understand what he said, but it was basically like, you don't know what's going on in your head, but you will soon and follow me. So, something like that. Um, yeah. So I don't understand the supernatural bullshit. So I need you to interpret. Go ahead. I'm going with the same thing as last week. I still think that the Wyatt Six is that all six of them are, you know, his his personality splits. Um <laughs> You know, so one of them pre-records, uh, you know, a, a segment and tells the production to put it on at this point, and you know that's the way TV works. Oh, like and, Fight Club. Yeah, like Fight Club, except we're all able to see it because they operate in different times. Now I'm sure this is WWE, so sometimes they'll be in the same space at the same time, but there'll only be one person there, which is why I still think at some point they do manifest themselves as actual other wrestlers. Um, but there's been no further talk about Dutch or Vincent or anyone else. And, you know, but hopefully the Joe Gacy and the um, Grayson Waller rumors are put to bed as just being silly. Um, but I don't know. It was interesting. I thought it was an interesting promo. It's still interesting. Uh, people are saying he looks fat. Yeah, he looks fat, but he also looks big. I mean, this, I mean, his, his, his traps are big. His arms are big. Yeah. Listen, um, you might have my interest peaked at a Bray Wyatt Fight Club mm-hmm. gimmick. So if it's that, and uh, this ends with um, him falling in love with um, who would be the the um, WWE equivalent of, um, what's this girl's name? Not Rosanna Arquette, the other one. The one that was the love interest in Fight Club. Oh. <laughs> Helena Burnham Carter. Hel- yeah, Hel- Helena Bonham Carter. Who would be the WWE equivalent of Helena Bonham Carter? <laughs> it would have Mickey been Cross? Paige uh, up until a couple oh, of weeks ago. That's right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe um, Nikki Cross. It could be Nikki Cross, but you know who played this role when they were, you know, recently was 
Dakota Kai when she was sort of crazy Dakota on NXT. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. You're absolutely right. She but a crazy Sonya, like a Sonya who breaks, she she could do it. I mean, obviously, they've she worked with Alexa before. Right now, Liv Morgan's doing a I'm cracking up and going to Team Extreme kind of mm-hmm. kind of thing. So, you know, or yeah, Nick, saw- Nikki Cross, uh, Rick, Nikki Cross has done the part and maintained being a physical threat before. Yep. But also, I think the dark horse here. And my personal pick, we saw her tease this on her social media earlier this week. Jojo. Ava Marie. Oh. Ava Marie said she threw in one of the, the Little E dolls and was like shooting a two into the trash can. And she's like, if I make it, I'm coming back and joining the Wyatt family. Yeah, no. No, that doesn't do it for you, Ava Marie? In the white family, I, I I would so watch every week. I I'd buy a white shirt just for just with with her on it. She's in there. No, I, yeah, no. I mean, you know, everyone's game, right? Everyone's available for it. Though this is a, a little bit of a side note. So mm-hmm. on SmackDown, we've got the Bloodline. The Bloodline just got better with Sami Zayn in it and Solo Sokoa. We have Karrion Cross and Scarlet. We have Braun Strowman. Uh, Pussifer Live. The Existential Reckoning Tour. Friday, November 4th, Warner Theater. Special guest, Nightclub. On sale now at LiveNation.com album existential reckoning out now let the probing continue the the vikings are coming back not that they're particularly exciting but legato del phantasma just joined them with a new you know returning zelina vega it definitely feels like it's without a doubt the a show ray mysterio comes over from raw so raw their biggest star is Cody, who's injured. Their second biggest star, or maybe their, their, their top three biggest stars, Edge, Orton, Cody, all injured. Then you got Seth, who I know you love and consider to be a star. I consider him to be yep. a very good hand, not a star. That's fine. People can disagree he's a star. on that. Um, Bobby Lashley, I think he's a star. People can disagree on that. Um, the Miz, funny, but not a star. He's, he's, he's mid. He's your mid-card guy. So, who do they get? Lynch. Well, she's not. She's injured. You you have you got damage control who are on both shows and are damaging both shows, by the way, just quietly. Oh. Um, but who do you get? Elias back. Fine. But Ooh. not exciting. And Baron Corbin. And to boob it up, you have him with JBL. The, the rich investor cattleman type guy, the J.R. Ewing type, and the guy's name is Baron, and you don't have him come back as oil Baron Corbin in a giant 10-gallon hat in one of those you know cowboy dress suits, but it's got the cowboy piping you know, sort of below the shoulder uh, where breast pockets are, a big bolo tie, a giant belt. You don't turn him into oil Baron Corbin with big cowboy boots and, and have him do that. Instead, he comes out in a stupid fedora and what looks like he stole <laughs> Nyla Rose's wrestling gear. I mean, 
So Baron Corbin, who's already damaged goods, you put him with JBL. His fucking name is Baron, and you can't you can't just take this other step to make it interesting and try to make him a killer. So he just looks like Baron Corbin, another stupid outfit. What what if this is what if that's the long game? What if they are not doing that yet because they want to stretch this story out, give you some vignettes of him trying on, um, you know, JB, just JBL training him to be an oil bear. You see him at a hat store. You see him at a boot store. You see him going to a rodeo and and where they're faking that he did the eight seconds on a bowl and, you know, and and he beats up some rodeo clowns. And that, that would, that would all be great. That if, if they actually did that and did the vignettes, well, that, that could be hysterical and that could be entertaining and that could be good. And maybe, just maybe, Baron Corbin would show some personality, which is like e- either likable or hateable in the wrestling way, not hateable in the I never want to see him again. Um, but for now, I, I consider that to be a missed opportunity and a likely fail. But the bigger issue is that Raw doesn't really have any star power. I mean, yes, I, I get the Brock's there, but he's only part-time. And, you know, he was off the show by minute six. Um, so I'm just a little bit wondering why the three-hour show is so lacking in star power. I mean, you, you split L.A. Knight from Maxwell and Mal Models, but you keep him on SmackDown. I mean, that would have been an easy thing. Send them to Raw. And then at least you have a sort of a, a charismatic solos guy who can do some talking. So I don't know. Uh, I, I It's just something to keep an eye out for, uh, as well okay. as the lazy booking like Bailey for reasons said, I'm not done with Bianca. I'm getting a, a rematch next week. Why? You lost clean. I mean, <laughs> if anything, the, 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 I mean, that that's Vince booking. Everyone gets rematches. What should have happened if they wanted to do it, if they were insisting on doing a rematch and nobody needs to see us, is – Damage control should have beaten the hell out of Bianca Belair so that Bianca is so mad that she demands to have Bailey in a match. I mean, that that's a wrestling story to make a rematch that, that has no justification have a reason. But no, they're they're still doing they're still doing Vince booking, even when there's not Vince. I want to go back to AW for a second though. Um sure. Oh, by the way, almost. I don't think he's on SmackDown. We saw him on Raw. This is this is just a setup for a crown jewel match to see Giant against Giant. I think they're going to keep the Giants se- separate for a while, oh, okay. um, <clears throat> which is fine. Though I would like to see them both have tune-up matches, you know, and where one of them kills Babatunde and the other one kills Shanky. You know, <laughs> the other alleged, you know, seven footers. Um, right. I think AEW is doing secret suspensions. Have you noticed mm-hmm. Kingston hasn't been in a match for a while? Sammy Guevara hasn't been in a match, even though mm-hmm. he was on TV the night he shouldn't have, but he hasn't since. Even Tay Conti wasn't since then. And Andrade, you know, they sold the Hardys, uh, private party and Matt Hardy's contract to the firm because there was one, but it's out of the Andrade family office. Yes, there is no Andrade family. I, was, I think they're working on a release with Andrade, and mm-hmm. it's just going to be. Roosh, who knows what happens to assistant Jose, but I think that there's no Andrade family office anymore because there's, there's, there's they're at least planning for the possibility or likelihood of there being no Andrade. I'm not sure about Miro, Buddy, and Brody King. I don't know if they're just waiting to see what happens with Aleister Black for the latter two, but Miro, what I mean, did, did his tweets get under their skin that all these guys are under? I, I think there's a bunch of guys that are on some sort of secret suspensions with AEW. 
You're on mute. I think I think you're right. I think um, it's my QAcon double secret formation. Oh, QAcons are back. Yes. Um, I I think we haven't heard much from AW as far as injuries are concerned. I think that's all very methodical and same here. I don't think that um, they're telling us what's going on because they don't want to tell us. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. I think you're right. Let me give praise. I thought SmackDown this week was a great show. I, I mean, I really do. It was, it was a really fun two hours of wrestling. I thought NXT, despite it being developmental, was a good show. The pacing was good. It was a fun show. Raw, I did not like this week. I think that's very clear. Um, there were parts of it. There were high points that were good. I thought JBL was good. I thought that the segment with Lashley and Brock was great. Um, there was there were a couple of promos that I thought that were good. I, they escaped me at the moment, uh, I, which I feel bad about. I thought the interplay with Cora Jade and Rhea Ripley was good. Um, the, Matt Riddle is really getting on my nerves. I think the reintroduction of Elias was flat. Uh, though I've decided that if Randy Orton really is hurt, the only way to save this Seth Rollins and and Matt Riddle thing from becoming hideously obnoxious is to actually make them. The freaking Brolinses, Brolinses, to have them as a tag team is freaking Brolinses. Oh my God. A tag team. And they both walk around as like Riddle will walk around like a 60s pimp and like tie dye and like, a, you know, like a Native American vest, like Cher would wear and a headband and flip flops. And Seth Rollins would be like in a 1975 pimp outfit, like Huggy Bear from Starsky and Hutch with like a walking stick. And out of control. No, no. It would be totally. Yeah, it would be awesome. They'd be they'd be pimpalicious. It would be the freaking Brolinses. No, this is sounds horrendous. It sounds awesome. Oh, ridiculous. The Miz was terrible. This whole thing with the Miz is terrible. Johnny Gargano is terrible. Candice LeRae is terrible. Dakota Kai is terrible. Like, like, it's like Ali, who cares? It's like, what a bunch of zeros. Why does he get a title match? Has he won a match in the last year? I mean, how do you get, how do you justify a title match just because you want one? Shut up. And your hair looks stupid too. Oh my gosh. Wow. Tell us how you really feel. If he shaved, he'd, he'd be a girl with pigtails. That is wild, Jeff. I've got a lot of wild opinions this week. Yeah, didn't Anything like else? No, yeah, just, just some news. Uh, as we know, Triple H uh, was diagnosed with COVID, so Road Dog ran raw, so I'm blaming him. Um, or maybe Vince was back. No, no, this is Vince is not back. Um, Vince is back. Hopefully, Triple H will make a full recovery. Uh, Ray Mysterio was traded to SmackDown. That was sort of made official, and he also won a Fatal Four Way, so he has he's the number one contender for the Intercontinental Championship. So, Ray Mysterio versus Gunter might be quite a match to watch. Um, you know, a lot of people were shocked about Ray Mysterio winning this match, but let me set this up for you. And you're going to love this, Jeff, because I know mm-hmm. how big a fan you are of this guy. But so Ray Mysterio and Dom sub, um, that's what you call them. Uh, they're, they have unfinished business, right? So Dom, you know, uh, sorry, Ray asks for his trade to SmackDown. He gets mm-hmm. it granted. Now he's in a match with Gunter at um, Crown Jewel. Yeah, got Gunter, right? Right, Gunter. So 
a lot of people might not be expecting this, but what if Dom is there and costs his dad the costs Gunter the match by accident? And then, so Ray wins the title, and then we have a title match versus him versus Dom. And guess who's the new champ? Who's the new IC champ? Rhea, mommy. Dominic Mysterio. No. Your thoughts on Dominic Mysterio becoming the new IC champion? I think it's great. Go ahead, Jeff. <laughs> he's terrible. No, terrible. He's 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 actually embarrassment. And I think actually moving Ray from Raw to SmackDown removes all the heat that Judgment Day had because the whole thing was Dom and Ray and the betrayal. Now it's the Judgment Day against the OC. Well, who really cares? I mean, Jeff, in with all due respect, um, I've never seen Dominic get knocked out by a clothesline. Yeah. So, but so there's yeah. that. That's true. All right. New All-Atlantic champion is Orange Cassidy. Yay. Um, <laughs> the rumors are that WWE is interested in everyone. They were they were going to sign the uh, original, uh, the OG Kingdom and Maria Kanellis, who showed up <laughs> last week on AEW, so I guess that was a rumor. They're interested in Mia Yim. They're interested in Chelsea Green. They don't say anything about Matt Cardona. They're interested in everyone, apparently. So uh, I'm just going to put it out there. They're totally interested in AOP and Eric Rowan um, and Adam <laughs> do you, Rose. Do you, I heard about this, too. Do you think that this is just false flags for Tony Khan to start signing people? Absolutely. Because we brought this up last week, right? And then all of a sudden, oh, guess who signed Taven mm-hmm. and uh, the other guy to mm-hmm. uh, Canellis's to uh, Rampage? Mm-hmm. Yeah, clearly they, they're wasting more money on, on two people who have never drawn anything but flies. They brought back Stu Grayson, though. I think that was just for a one-off. The, Sean Spears is back on TV. You know, if if he's a perfect 10, it's a 10 out of 100. Um, yeah, I, that company, I don't know. They're, 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 <laughs> that company, I don't know. Yeah. Um, Day one is canceled. I think you alluded to it. We don't know if that's, you know, forever or just for this year, but this year there's going to, it's going to go Survivor Series to Royal Rumble. There's not going to be uh, PLE in between. And we've got Crown Jewel and Survivor Series both in November. So really, you know, it's not like we're losing anything. Carl Anderson, mm-hmm. by the way, one of the good brothers in WWE, technically right now is the New Japan. I think they call it the Never Open Weight Championship. He was supposed to be defending it, I believe, the same weekend as Crown Jewel. He's not going to. Big surprise. He's pulled from the guard. Everyone's saying that, yeah, he'll still defend it at another show. No, he won't. He's going to be stripped of the title. They, the, WWE isn't going to let him do it. He doesn't care about that. He's only in it for the money. I think that's been proven. His words mean nothing. His actions mean everything. Um, and anyway, WWE doesn't do that kind of thing, and they wouldn't, they wouldn't let him wrestle in Japan unless there was something in it for them, which would mean you know a two-year exclusivity deal where New Japan doesn't partner with AEW anymore and partners only with WWE. And I'm not really sure that that helps WWE. And I don't really think that the partnership with New Japan helped AEW. Actually, they, they struggle quite a bit with it. So you know, maybe they should let them be together. But anyway, I don't think WWE is interested in that kind of thing. 
unless they think that sort of partnership will benefit NXT Japan. But I'm not even sure what the event horizon on that is. And that's a lot of butts. And every time you add another butt, that makes it less likely. So that is the news as far as ratings are concerned. We talked about the Tuesday night skirmish, so we won't again. Impact did 94,000 last week, which was actually up 5,000, still under 5,000. New Japan, not reported again, which is about the ninth out of 10 weeks. SmackDown went up by 50,000 to 2.274 million. Rampage, depending on which show you go by, Rampage did 458,000. If you're comparing it to hour one of Rampage last week, it went down by 6,000. If you're comparing it to last week's Battle of the Belt, which was 11 to 12, it increased by 141,000. But the 10 to 11 hour regular rampage went down by 6,000. Raw did 1.803 million, which is down uh, 21,000. So more or less the same. Uh, MLW, still no recorded shows. Apparently their next tapings are October 30th. So uh, we'll probably start getting shows the Thursday thereafter. and, And that probably will be the next eight weeks um, or 10 weeks. NWA, the last three weeks, and we've been seeing a bit of resurgence in NWA. It seems like that's maybe over with. Um, Maybe the rumors about Chelsea Green and then fear of Matt Cardona going somewhere else. Maybe the Bully Ray is with Impact now, so he can't really be doing future programs at NWA. Whatever. And and I'm picking out those names because when they are on the show, the numbers tend to go up. This control your narrative stuff doesn't doesn't seem to be doing it on its own, and their their regular roster keeps getting weirder. Anyway, this week twenty six thousand, which is maybe an all time low that, that we've seen. Um, last week seventy one thousand, two weeks ago only up to thirty five thousand. Elevation this week one hundred fifty four thousand. Elevation from last week through this week one hundred fifty four thousand. I checked that twice. It's bizarre. From two weeks ago to now two hundred forty three thousand. Dark. 136,000, a week ago to now 219,000, and two weeks ago to now $192,000. These are all low numbers. It wasn't very long ago that we were talking 400,000 to a million, depending on how far back you went. Wow, I have their week three numbers. They're probably on their fifth week, but their week three numbers was 251,000, which sounds pretty good, I mean, but it, it is their third consecutive week of dropping. Uh, they started, I think, something like 280. They went to, in the 270s, now 250. So they seem to be dropping, you know, fifteen to 25,000 a week. And if that continues, that's, you know, we'll see. It's not a great trend, um, especially for a new show. Anyway, that, that's the news and the ratings as I got them. All right, very good. Let's... Uh do some plugs and head out of here, man. All right. Well, you can catch this show on the PWC and you can also catch me on way too many shows on the PWC about individual Russian shows and then the extra, which is sort of like a new show. But we do a show for Raw called Machismo. We do a call, call a show called Smack Talk, obviously about SmackDown. Skirmish is about Dynamite and Uncaged slash Carnage is about Rampage. Um conflict when we do it it's a it's about nxt so plenty of me there uh my non-wrestling podcasts are garden of doom and garden views this month i've done no garden views i've been dropping two a week on garden of doom because it's spooktober I've had a voodoo Ooh. priestess i've had scary stories from india scary stories from africa uh, a tale about giants i had nazis and the occult that just dropped this past saturday and and just 
earlier today dropped uh, from the night side where Madame X, my guest, who is a matriarch and a leader of an international coven of witches, also self-identifies as a vampire and oh, a protector wow. of all creatures of the night, um, was my interview. It's very interesting. We do a lot of, we go to a lot of places. And interestingly enough, about four weeks ago, I actually interviewed a vampire from New Orleans and they know each other. They're, they're, they're in the occult world. They actually know of each other and, and have met. And they see each other in New Orleans. Uh, this Halloween weekend, Sawin, Voodoo Fest. There's a lot going on in New Orleans the end of the month. So if you got some extra money or you're in driving distance, I think I'd recommend going down to New Orleans and checking out this thing. Because I think it's going to be maybe a once-in-a-lifetime experience for will, you. Will it be? Will it be a banger? I think it's going to be a banger after banger after banger after banger. And I do mean that, including if you have a kink fetish, that you will be able to whatever you want to satisfy. I have a feeling that you can satisfy. Now, listen, it's been a long time since I've been to New Orleans for anything other than business. But I was in I was at Mardi Gras two years in a row. And as near as I could tell, the only rule was. Do what the cops say and definitely don't do exactly what they don't tell you to say when they're close to you. So as long as you can adhere by those two rules, pretty much anything went then. And so and I'm pretty sure that they give wide berth to the witches and the voodoo priests and the mambos and the vampires and the creatures. And the the mambos. Mambo is, is the actual name for a Haitian voodoo priestess. So mambo means priestess and specifically voodoo, the, the way, uh, you know, cardinal means, you know, Catholic. Now um, I'm going to be listening to that Mambo number no. 5 song completely differently. A little bit of Erica on the side. That's right. It um, was all about vampires. Holy shit. That entire fucking song is about vampires. Everything's about vampires. Everything's about vampires. You know, so, I, was, yeah, so I, was, I was watching you. Because uh, we do this over Zoom, a Zoom-like mm-hmm. feature on Riverside. Zoom. Shout out to Riverside. And <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> sorry, not COVID. RSV. Um, I I was noticing that you do seem a little pale. Did did the vampire get too close? There's no such thing as a vampire getting too close. Mm. I fear for your loved ones. Yeah. So check that shit out, and uh, you know, all the and all those shows are available on the PWC. They're all available. Well, the the the, the non PWC ones are available on the Wrestling Soup Network. A uh, bunch on Hami Media Group. A bunch on uh, PW Hustle. Where else are we? I don't know. We're all over the place. Wrestling Forever. Soup. All over the place. So please, um, guys, if you <laughs> were entertained and you made it this far, thanks for listening. Please make sure you leave the reviews, all that stuff. Oh, you're wearing your uh, your um, Lucha Brothers uh, PJs. Yeah, my PJs. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. I did a Patreon show with Drew Yari this week. I think I'm going to be on Dollar Club Wrestling tomorrow night, which is Thursday. Uh, you see who gets the dollars of the week. I don't know. So it's sort of all know? over the place. No days off for you, huh? No days off. No, this is, this is my second podcast of the day. I did the machismo earlier. Um, oh, and Twitter, IcarusFellMD. I, I'm only 499,345 away from 500,000, which is my goal, 500,000 followers. So, hey, every, every, every day is, is another day. 
Right. I very much appreciate all of the uh, fake bikini and sexy dress girls who follow me thinking that I want to be part of their OnlyFans. And I especially thank the ones who stick around as a follower, even after I don't respond to their DMs. So I want to be thankful to all of the fake sexy pictures that, that are there. But, you know, but real followers are welcome as well. Very good. You can find me on Twitter at Big Daddy Cool. That's Big Daddy Cool, all one phrase. If you guys want to send us an email, you can send us an email to hammerlockhangover at gmail.com. That's hammerlockhangover at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook. Not real much activity there. If anybody wants to volunteer and be the social media manager, go right ahead and email us at hammerlockhangover at gmail.com. That, inclu- that includes you, uh, Aunt, uh, what was Aunt Trixie? Aunt Minnie? Which, who was the, the, the Quincy Adams? It was Auntie Aunt, Elliot. Auntie Elliot, thank you. She didn't give her first name. Quincy Adams. But I'm pretty sure it was Steve. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, that's it, guys. Thanks for uh, tuning in. I hope you had a blast and I uh, hope you were entertained. Hangman, do better. Do better. Tony Khan, better. do better. Do better and feel better. Thank you. That's it. Let, that should be the do new. Do better, one. feel better, get better. Uh, <laughs> we mean that in every way. Um, and by all means, all of you, stay evil. Pussifer Live. The Existential Reckoning Tour. Friday, November 4th, Warner Theater. Special guest, Nightclub. On sale now at LiveNation.com. New album, Existential Reckoning, out now. Let the probing continue. Support for this podcast comes from the BGE Smart Energy Savers Program. Hidden air leaks can affect your home's comfort and energy costs. A home energy audit identifies problem areas and reveals opportunities to improve comfort and savings. Plus, you can get an average of $3,000 in rebates to make energy-saving home improvements. Learn more about how to make your home work better for you at BGESmartEnergy.com slash improvements. That's BGESmartEnergy.com slash improvements.